I'd like to call to order the Avon Town Council meeting on Tuesday, October 24th, starting at 6 p.m. Miguel, could we have a roll call? Yes, Madam Mayor. Chico Thuan? Here. Rich Carroll? Here. Tamara Underwood? Here. RJ Andrade? Here. Lindsay Hardy? Here. Ruth Stanley? Present. And Amy Phillips? Present. Um, so the first thing we've got on our, uh, first item on our agenda is the approval of the agenda. Does anyone have any changes to make to the agenda? Could I'll, I? I'll just note that um, the, the agenda was originally published with a 5.7 and then was taken off um, yesterday, which was the design services for Avondale Apartments. So if anybody is here for that, um, we will not be entertaining 5.7 tonight. And so with that change, I move to approve the agenda as published yesterday. Second. Okay. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Okay, with that we are on to disclosure of any conflict of interest related to agenda items. Do any council members have a conflict of interest or any disclosures to disclose? Madam Mayor, just as a point of order, uh, I saw a first and a second for the agenda. Do we take a vote? We did an all in favor. Oh, okay, perfect. Thank you. Yep, no roll call. We're all here. Perfect. Thank you. Um, with that, no disclosures or conflicts to disclose. Okay, next item is our public comment. If there are any members of the public who would like to speak on any item not on the agenda, please come up to the podium and we will ask that you speak for three minutes. If you are here to support an item that is on the agenda, you will be um, permitted to give public comment when we get to that item. Do we have anyone on Zoom that is interested in public comment? You can raise your hand on Zoom um, or star nine. I'm seeing no one on Zoom, Madam Mayor. Okay, thank you very much. Hello, young lady, would you state your name sure. for the record and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you, Michelle Stucker. I live in Shepherd Ridge in Avon. And I just wanted to thank you all for the improvements on the dog park up there. That was long overdue and it gets a ton of traffic there and it looks great. And I think it'll hold up a lot better with all of the winter weather that we'll have in store. Thank you. You're welcome. And do you know how to spell her last name, Miguel? Yeah. S-T-E-C-H-E-R. Thanks. Thank you for that. Are there any other members of the public that would like to make a general comment at this time? Okay, seeing none, we get to 5.1. Oh, go ahead. <coughs> Good evening, Council. Eva Wilson, Public Works Director. <coughs> And I just want to introduce real quick, um, we're holding a contractor's open house on November 9th um, at Council Chambers. We will put this up in the Vale Daily. Um, depending on the budget that will be approved in December, we are planning on introducing um, our pavement projects, our civil projects um, upcoming for next year. So this will um, be an invitation to all contractors who might be interested in bidding on our fabulous projects. Absolutely. We've sent emails directly to folks who we've worked with in the past, and we will be um, at, uh, putting an ad in the Vale Daily for this. Okay. Thank you very much for that. 
Any other members of the public? With that, let's go ahead and go to item number 5.1. Um, this is our swearing in. Chief Daly. Good evening, Madam Mayor, members of the council. Thank you for time on your very busy agenda tonight. A uh, couple of items uh, first off. Uh, first off, we're celebrating a swearing in ceremony uh, in respect to uh, code enforcement, new code enforcement officers, Brittany McKee and Kyle Hammontree, and I'm gonna hand it up to you, Madam Mayor. Well, this is one of my favorite things here in town council is swearing in our new officers. Uh, we always get a good full room, which I really appreciate. And it's just so nice how, just how robust our community policing force has become, both in the community as well as um, within the individual officers. But all of us up on council are very proud of our police force, and this is one of my favorite things. So we are going to officially swear in Brittany McKee and Kyle Hammontree as Avon's newest code enforcement officers. Brittany and Kyle, could I ask you to please step to the front of the dais? Oh, Miguel's the swearer in. Mayor. This one's for you. This one's for you. Nope, nope, this one's for you. Brittany, there you go. So Thank before you. we do that, what I'd like to do is to um, give a quick little overview. Brittany McKee hails from Arizona. Brittany has completed a bachelor's degree in criminal justice via a college golf scholarship as she pursued her passion for golf. She has decided to explore a law enforcement career while still enjoying golf on her days off, and we are lucky to have her. Um, Officer Kyle Hammontree hails from Louisiana and is very handy with his building and construction skills. He too has decided to per pursue a career in law enforcement and is getting his feet wet learning code enforcement skills. Kyle's mother and father already live in Eagle County and it was an easy decision to move here with his wife Heidi to p pursue their collective career goals. Um, family members, could I ask you to come forward? And Miguel, will you please join us as well? Before we swear in, if I could ask everyone to please stand. If I could ask everyone to please stand for the swearing in that would be great. Um, and now in accordance with Avon Town Ordinances, I would like our town clerk, Miguel, to administer the oath of office. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. The oath of office of the town of Avon is as follows. I, state your name. Thank you. Do solemnly swear that I will support the Constitution of the United States and of the State of Colorado and the Charter and Ordinances of the Town of Avon and faithfully perform the duties, 
of Avon Code Enforcement Officer for the town of Avon upon which I am about to enter. And family members, um, can you please join us to pin, to pin their badges on? So we got Heidi, uh, wife, uh, the better half. Uh, uh, Heidi, uh, his wife, Master Sergeant uh, Damon, is a family friend of Brittany. Thank you for that. And if I could um, ask to take some pictures at this point. Sure. Council, come on down. And Chief will be in it. Thank you very much. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so we're just going here. So we're ready for 5.2, Madam Mayor, if you, if yes, you are. Yes, we are ready for 5.2. Excellent. Um, again, tonight uh, we have the honor and privilege to present some community partnership uh, awards, uh, community, uh, Chiefs Community Partnership Awards to uh, members of our community and business owners in our community that uh, donated either time or uh, uh, items are money to our national night event that happens on the first Tuesday of every um, August. Uh, national night out was sort of uh, evolved as a, you know, an opportunity for neighbours to meet neighbours, uh, but also for them to meet, uh, or, sorry, community to meet their police department and also learn about crime prevention strategies, whatever else. Uh, it has d developed over the last 17 years to be a sort of a community party. Uh, we have one in Eagle Bend, we have one at the Aspens, and we had one in Wild Ridge. So uh, this year was a little wet. Um, we got some well-needed rain, so we were very lucky to be able to go inside at both Eagle Bend and at the Aspens, but the rain uh, wasn't uh, for too long. Uh, we did have the awning up at O'Neill Spur Park for our party at uh, Wild Ridge. So, uh, Officer Andreas Sandoval is our uh, coordinator for the last two years. He did a great job in uh, trying to sort of uh, bring everybody together. And it's definitely one of these events that it takes a village and it's a great community, you know, to see the Avon community coming out together and supporting each other. And uh, tonight is just an opportunity to thank all of the uh, organizations and individuals that make it a success. Uh, Andy was tasked to sort of nominate, you know, the top 10 11 people um, and he did that and he contacted them tonight. Not everybody is able to make it, but most of the people are here tonight. So we're gonna start off with the awards if that's okay with you. 
Please go ahead. So we're going to start off with the staff at the Blue Moose Pizza. They uh, supplied how many pizzas? Over 200 pizzas. 200 pizzas for the uh, that night. So that was an amazing amount of work uh, from their perspective. So um, you're you're the staff as well. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. If you wouldn't mind giving up, this is uh, Will Nolan. Uh, Will and his dad, um, Brian Nolan, uh, and family are obviously business owners in Avon and also uh, residents of Avon and also own Blue Moose Pizza. So uh, from that perspective, we really thank them every year for uh, like for the last 10 years, as far as I, I can remember, Blue Moose have been just amazing at uh, producing these uh, pizzas for our party. So uh, Will is here on behalf of the staff of Blue Moose Pizza, and we'd like to give him that award, and thank you very much. Thank you Appreciate very much, it. yeah, it's our pleasure. And, uh, yeah, we'll give you a, get a photograph here. Uh, just step out. Yeah, great. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And uh, hold, hold tight. Uh, we would like to do another uh, recognition of Brian Nolan, Will Nolan, and the rest of the family uh, as uh, residents of Avon and business owners here on their ongoing uh, amazing generosity of uh, support over the years, particularly for this event, National Night Out. So we've got a separate one for that. Brian wasn't able to make it out, but he, he sent uh, Will instead. So thank you. We'll take another photograph. Thank you, guys. Of course. Thank you. Uh, our farmer's market, Adam Rosario, if he's here. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Uh, so again, thank you very much. Course, You've been great in uh, supplying food for the event over the last number of years. And we will give you that and we'll take a photograph. Sure. We'll just step it toward that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, You've got 30 seconds, that's it. <laughs> Working under pressure. Make it a good one. This is my phone, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Uh, Walmart, uh, who supplied both food and a community grant uh, to make this successful. Is anybody from Walmart here tonight? No? Okay, we'll, we'll make sure they get that. Uh, we have Walking Mountains. Anybody from Ma Walking Mountains? Excellent. Come on up. <laughs> So Walking Mountains obviously have uh, done a great job in relation to our sustainability of the event and recycling. So thank you very much for being, you were there yourself, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what's your name? Emily, Emily from Walking Mountains herself was there that night. So let me get the award here. Thanks again. Uh, we have, is she here? Menke, Juliana Ramirez. Oh, she's here. Oh, very good. Excellent. Hey, are you proud? Is that your mom? Excellent. Oh, that's very good. Do you want to come up here and be in the photograph as well? Why wouldn't you be? Here we go. Get in the photograph. I'm sorry. Here, thank you very much for helping out. Thank you. And hey, thank you for coming. And what was Ms. Ramirez's role? Oh, take picture. Then you can tell us. Okay. Right. Thank you. She was a volunteer for the event, so we never really personally asked her to come, but every time we had it, she would come and use some of her utensils and help like cook some of the burgers, hot dogs, and uh, awesome. we yeah. really wanted to say thank you to her She brings bread and cakes to the event yeah. as well. Why do you do it? Look at asses. Microphone. Microphone. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. If you want to say. Yeah. 
Lo español, es, español, ok. Sí. Lo hago porque tengo un corazón tan grande y me han enseñado que no da el que quiere, perdón, no da el que tiene, sino el que quiere. Y puedo tener muy poquito. Sorry. Puedes decir otra vez, perdón. Sí, que tengo un corazón tan grande y me han enseñado y me han enseñado que tenemos que compartir. And they've taught me to share. Y me han dicho mi familia que no da el que tiene, sino el que quiere. And my family has taught me uh, it is not about what you get, but what you give. Y pues nosotros tenemos poquito, pero lo poquito que tenemos lo damos de corazón. We only have little, but we like to give that little with a big heart. Yeah. Thank you. Gracias. Thank you. Uh, ma ma mountain Youth. I think we have Michelle and her staff and volunteers. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank, Thank you. you for helping Thank you again. Thank you very much. Thank you. We've got uh, Fernando Almanza with Eagle County Emergency Management and former dispatch from our, disp our dispatcher from our dispatch center. So he's keeping in the emergency management side. Thank you very much. Thank you. He's also a negotiator on our SOU SWAT team as well. So man of many hats. So thank you, Fernando. Uh, Rose Martinez, who uh, is a former Avon PD Code Enforcement Park Ranger. Rose couldn't make it tonight, but her father and mother are here tonight. Uh, Chief Lorenzo Martinez, uh, retired from Mintern. So if we could have them come up, we'd be very appreciative of Yeah, well, get mom in. Antonio Perez. Antonio Perez, if he's here tonight. Oh, there excellent. He Antonio was one of our excellent DJs. Thank you, Antonio. <laughs> Pretty appreciative. Thank you. Uh, Jordan Lyles. We'll, we'll make sure we get it to Jordan. Jordan's a huge supporter and has been for the last number of years. And then Omar Loya. Uh, is Omar here? No? Okay. Omar also works for public operations, uh, part-time DJs for us at, at National Night Out, so we really appreciate it. So we will get those to them. So thanks again uh, for that tonight. And thanks, everybody. One last round of applause for everybody. So moving on. Moving on. 5.3. Yeah, we don't like this as much. Okay. <laughs> um, again, Madam Mayor, members of the Town Council, this is a renewal of an uh, intergovernmental agreement that we have had with Eagle County Animal Services for many, many years. Um, 
We uh, rely on animal services for their shelter, the shelter in Eagle. Uh, we don't uh, utilize them for patrol. That sort of has been on our uh, seasonal rangers are now are going forward, our full-time code enforcement and our officers. Um, you know, years ago we made that decision that a lot of our uh, sort of animal complaints gen generate in the park. So obviously we try and have as much presence there. And there was an extra sort of uh, charge for the patrol side. And that was a decision we made a number of years ago. Um, the uh, cost of the shelter is, uh, I think, 18,000 or so a year. Um, and that's uh, 1,500 per month. Um, as I mentioned in the... Um, in my uh, sorry a memo that we transported uh, 83 animals to the shelter uh, 2020 to 2022 and so far this year uh, 26 animals to the shelter so we generally will transport them down ourselves in our cars but uh, on occasion if an animal uh, control officer animal service officer is driving through uh, we'll coordinate with them and they'll take the uh, the dog down. We did have an event that you know was on Facebook and made the Vale Daily recently, where we had five uh, very aggressive dogs. Initially, they were very aggressive. Unfortunately, were dumped uh, at, on uh, up from the Maverick gas station. And I have to say, animal services were phenomenal. They came and they helped in over a four-hour period of getting these five dogs, uh, four dogs that night, uh, fifth dog the following day. And also we had uh, Steve Hewson used to work for uh, Town of Avon. He's a local canine trainer. He came out and helped. Uh, but I, I really uh, have to you know, give great appreciation for animal services. Uh, Nathan and Teresa from animal services were there for four hours. Teresa you know, was initially there and herself and uh, Sergeant Mackey nearly got bitten a number of times. So um, I, I'll just tell you, it's w well worth the money from my perspective. So that's, uh, we're, we're suggesting renewal for three years. Um, all of the other municipalities are doing it for three years just to save some admin time on an annual basis. And you can see that it's going to be the same price over the next three years. So we, we retain that same pricing uh, from that perspective. So if you have any questions for me. I, I have a question. What do you attribute our reduction in, in animals this year? Because it sounded like it's a big drop. Well, that, that other figure was over a three-year period, so 2020, 21, oh, okay. and 22, sorry. So you divided by three, it's, it's roughly around the same. same About the same, yeah. okay. So, no, no specific difference in that regard. Thank you. Sure. Chief, do we know if this um, extra $18,000 that our municipality pays, in addition to our property taxes, which we all pay to Eagle County, um, for these services, um, do we know if this 18000 goes directly to the shelter? within their budget or does it go into Eagle County General Fund? Um, it's my understanding it's part of their budget, yes. It, 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 you know, all of the municipalities contribute and it is my past understanding that that's part of their budget to operate the shelter, yes. Okay, thanks. Now, it probably goes into the General Fund, comes back out and is allocated to that, but that's uh, previously, that was how it was described to me that it's part of their budget, yes. Rich? It, this might be for Carl. Um, I know the IGA that came out on Friday, there was a revised version of that that came out later on in the week, and which I did not look at. It was exactly the same. There was a typo that um, Tamara caught, and then... Town of, Town of Eagle? Uh, Town of Eagle, and then... That's my question. Yeah, and then um, okay. adding the mayor's name so that it was actually on the document. Okay, I figured that got cleaned up. I just didn't get a chance yeah, to look that, at it. That was all the changes. Okay, thanks. 
Anyone else? Is there any member of the public that would like to speak on this item? Anyone on Zoom? I am seeing none. Thank you. Um, with that, would somebody like to make a motion or further discussion? I move to approve the intergovernmental agreement between the County of Eagle and the Town of Avon for the provision of animal services. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? That passes unanimously. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you all. So our next item is going to be the joint, joint work session with CASE. Um, so anyone who would like to stay, this is actually, we're going to talk about how fun next year is going to be. So please feel free to stay. Um, I think CASE members, are. is everyone going to come up to the front? I think they're just going to sit right there. Um, no, we've got three. Oh, you've got some members in the kitchen. Awesome. Let's go ahead and go ahead and gather up our members. We're early. It was. It was very nice. Danita, can we go ahead? Um, I was just going to ask if we can start with the case members introducing themselves. I, I feel badly that we don't have them at some nice tables, but I understand that flow didn't work well for that. Yeah, absolutely. We might have a member or two joining us via um, virtual as well. Um, I think Lisa Mattis is with us virtually, maybe even uh, Chelsea. I we'll see, see Doug, Doug Jimenez as of now. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Why don't you come on up one by one and give yourself a quick intro. Love that idea. Thank you. Hi, Council. Nice to see you. My name is Thomas. I've been serving on the Case Committee for a few years now. Uh, it's been a great time. We had an awesome summer, and uh, I'm honored to work alongside Danita and the rest of our members. Thank you, Thomas. Uh, good evening. My name is Colin Dean Rieger. I'm obviously an, what's it called, an Avon resident, a resident here at Beaver Creek. I uh, was called. I've been on the case committee or case committee for almost a year. We're getting to that mark now, so it's nice to see you all. Thank you, Colin. Good evening, Council. I'm Justin Chesney, Avon resident. I've been on the case committee, I think it'll be three years in February. And it's been wonderful getting to know all of you on a personal level, as well as working next to you. So look forward to what we're going to do tonight. Thanks. Thank you, Justin. Good evening. Uh, I'm Pedro Campos. I uh, live in Eagle Vale. Uh, I work for Azarin Associates here in Avon. I think I know most of you. Um, really passionate about events, uh, culture, arts, and music. And it's been an honor to serve on this committee since uh, its inception as an ad hoc committee. 
and um, go through some ups and downs and trying different things to get to this point today. So very happy to be here. Thank you very much, Pedro. And who's on Zoom? We have Doug Jimenez on Zoom, who has been promoted to a panelist and will be able to speak. Doug, can you hear us? I can hear you. Hello, everybody. Hello, Doug. Uh, well, Doug Jimenez, uh, I'm going to introduce myself really quick. Thank you, Miguel, for making this happen and everyone else, um, Madam Mayor um, and council members. Uh, I've been uh, serving in this group for uh, two years, and it's been fantastic under the reins of uh, Danita Dempsey and Chelsea. So thank you for having us, and uh, as well as Pedro mentioned and everybody else, we're very passionate, and it shows every time we meet. So thank you for having us tonight. Thank, thank you very much, Doug. And is Lisa online as well? I do not see her online. They just sent her a message. Okay, good. Thank you very much. And is that the, I feel like there's a seventh one. That would be Danielle the McNair. Danielle McNair. Oh, Danielle yeah. McNair. Not okay. feeling well tonight, so we well wishes to her that she gets Okay. Better. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, I'll you. let you go ahead and get back to your presentation. Great. Thank you. Um, good evening, Madam Mayor and members of council. Um, thank you for allowing me to be before you this evening. First, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank the public operations, buildings, recreation teams who play a key role in the events programming and our success. Of course, our special event coordinator, Chelsea Van Winkle, who might be with us virtually, but I'm kind of hoping not because she's out of the country having some fun. So, but she might pop in, we might see her. Um, on behalf of everyone who makes events happen, we are honored and we are humbled to have created an opportunity for our community to gather through a vibrant calendar of special events. As detailed in the report, we had another fantastic event season this year. We experienced a 48.8% increase in attendance numbers, 39.7% increase in revenue, and a 12% decrease in a cost per attendee for all of our town produced events. We are eager to keep that momentum going. Staff feels the type and frequency of activation produced this year is the right blend for our local community. It enhances our visitor experience and we are well poised in position and positioned to take the next step in development of the event portfolio. We look forward to discussing that with council this evening. There are four questions in front of you this evening, but before I go there, um, I'd like to take this opportunity, if it pleases the council, um, you can either ask questions first, and if not, I'd like to invite the town manager, and then of course members of CASE to come up to the microphone and speak. Thanks, Danita, that was quite an introduction. <laughs> and nice, short and sweet, the way we like it. Um, so uh, I just want to take a couple minutes to uh, recognize as we look at case doing the budget for the next year. Uh, I, I agree. I think it was a fantastic summer of events. We're really settling into our, our brand, uh, what fits with the community, and just uh, great success um, for those that went to Avon Live. It was really a, a step up from past years and really just felt like it was becoming ours and becoming very successful. Um, as you look uh, forward to it, 
the one thought I wanted to share with council is uh, if you look at the financial statements, we are seeing a little bit of a leveling off with sales tax and accommodations tax. And we know with other communities are seeing that level off. And that makes sense. We saw huge jumps the last couple of years and that really wasn't sustainable or to be expected year over year over year. Um, that said, we also know that we've got a lot of large projects coming online right now. We've got a uh, lot one of Riverfront, Frontgate, Dual Brand Hotel. Uh, we're expecting another hotel to break ground. Uh, we've got McGrady Acres is under construction. So uh, a, a pretty considerable volume of new development, both visitors and, uh, and other um, uh, condominiums. So uh, part of the thinking and working with Danita is that some of this, and particularly the, um, the pre um, launch work um, for adding signature events in 2025 or 2026 I think is worthwhile to so that Avon is offering the right additional events at the right time with the development that's that's coming online and those as a reminder those concepts have been um, discussed with case for three four five years now and uh, they were intended the one in June when typically our lodging is a little soft. One in September, the fall colors also when our lodging is not at full capacity as a way to not only bring in a, a events that are accommodating to the community and serving in the community, but also to help with our uh, hotel and accommodations. So I just want to give you that perspective. Some of those, especially with new event launches, uh, Denise reminded me that uh, this was the ninth year of Avon Live. And so that uh, you know took a number of years to really settle into where it needed to be, and uh, and we're thinking of the pre-work that needs to be done um, to be able to uh, have the town offer what it would want to offer in three, two, three years down the road. So thank you. I will advise that Lisa Mattis has joined us remotely, and she's been promoted to panelist as well. Great, thank you for that. How about if we, if we can, let's kick it off with, uh, Doug Jimenez was recently um, appointed, I guess is the right word, to be our case committee chair. So I'd like to go ahead and inv invite Doug Jimenez to go ahead and uh, address the council, if that's appropriate, and then we'll move along to Lisa and those that are in person. Thumbs up? All right, thumbs up. Thank you. Yes, um, well, thank you everybody. Um, once again, uh, the, um, the town, uh, I'm gonna uh, start by saying that uh, our town has continued to grow and uh, the uh, changes proposed in this 10-year uh, uh, um, final vision um, document um, have the best recommendations from our group and what we have uh, put together. Uh, I've been grateful enough to be selected as the chair uh, of this wonderful group of people that come from from different backgrounds. Um, but what matters the most is that we uh, see a need for uh, uh, the uh, proposed changes in the continuation of um, events for the near future. And um, I think that um, the Danita and Chelsea have spent enough time um, with the guidance of Eric Heil to make this package um, very easy to understand and uh, clear recommendations, uh, not just for our group, uh, but for the uh, town council members to consider. And uh, 
um, the events are, um, of course, really fun. Um, we were discussing in, in one of our conversations that um, we would like to see um, more town council members be participant of the event. So you can also see how great they are. Um, I, I attend a few, not all of them, so I'm guilty of not being there to uh, promote them all, but uh, um, the uh, few events that I participate on, um, they're fantastic and the town is embracing every single one of them. So I urge um, you to please approve uh, these recommendations and uh, I'm gonna let everyone else speak. So um, I hope we can make it happen. So thank you so much for hearing us tonight. And thank you, Danita and uh, Chelsea. Thank you, Doug. Would anybody else like to step up from the group? Yeah, I think we're promoting um, Lisa Mattis to a panelist now. Lisa, you would need to unmute yourself. There you go. Hi, good evening. I'm in Patagonia, Arizona, riding gravel bikes. <laughs> Hope you all are well. Um, I just wanted to say thank you to Danita and to the town council for um, supporting all the events and our full portfolio, which has come a long way in the last seven or eight years. I hope that you are as proud as I am of what you see. I too support all the recommendations that are in front of council tonight and hope that you will um, appreciate the work that's gone into those, especially Xterra and making know that events right now are really suffering and um, and I think I'm hearing across the board that there is a decline in attendance of roughly 20% across a lot of the events I know. That is op the opposite of what's going on in the town of Avon. Avon is crushing all of our major measures and that's Danita. <laughs> so thank you very much for all you guys too. Um, I also believe that uh, we created a little bit of momentum on Summer's End and that that momentum is now gone. And so reversing course on summer's end um, is the right thing to do for a lot of different reasons at this point. In kicking off music festivals, my hope is that um, we can make the commitment in year number one, whether that's this year or next year or whatever year that you feel comfortable doing that and that we stick with it. It's clear to me that this is a three-year trajectory where the team needs to build momentum in order to get to a place where they can host a ticketed event and be successful with that. And so I think the consistency is what I'm asking for. If you're ready to commit right now, we would like that very much. Thanks for all that you do. We very much appreciate it. And thanks for your continued support of events and thank culture darts. <laughs> th thank you, Lisa. Yep. Thanks, Amy. Lisa, I got to say that was a good pitch. Thanks so much. <laughs> Hello, Council again. Uh, Thomas Walsh. I prepared something written because it helps me think better, so I'm just going to read that. I support the initiative to invest in our programming to be best prepared for future growth of our town and community. We have solid momentum with our, our current program. In addition of these events will be the cherry on top of the cake. While the financial investment is hard for all to support, we must meet the needs for our town's growing infrastructure and the already ever-present um, boom in our town. 
If completed, our case committee will then be able to focus on more of the culture aspect that needs more attention within our programming. I want to echo Lisa's topic uh, or, or mention of consistency. I think that when I first joined CASE back during COVID, it was a little bit difficult for me to see what exactly the programming was, what exactly our, our town had, because we were dealing with restrictions, yada, yada, yada. But now that we've kind of settled into this post-COVID world, I'm starting to see that we, we do have a step up. We do have very unique things within our community, within Eagle County, and that whole echo of the heart of the valley is really starting to shine. Um, with the support of Best of the West and the heart and soul, I think that we'll be able to, to solidify that even more. And I think that's really important because we're going to have a lot more people coming in. And having the consistency of support now, starting this year, I believe, is when we need it, um, will allow us to not have to play this game of catch-up that I felt like a lot of communities had to do in, in Eagle County. So uh, support and everything in there. And I know it, it, it's a financial investment, but I think if we're going to invest in infrastructure and community outside of CASE, we also need to invest in CASE. So thanks, Danita. Thank you, Thomas. Good evening again. I am not like Thomas. I did not write anything. I'm just going to do this off the fly. Um, thank you for having us. And again, I just like to echo everybody that I agree with all of the recommendations that has been put together in this packet for your review. Danita and Chelsea have done an incredible job with the programming. And unfortunately, this year I got a little bit busier, so I wasn't able to attend as many as I typically do. But I still was able to hit all of the ones that I truly love. And looking at the recommendations that they have for the heart and soul and the best of the West, it got me excited. And particularly, while you're reading what best of the West is, we kind of had a smaller version of this brought in from Napa Valley that ended up doing entertainment at a bunch of different venues throughout the valley. And I will say that the amount of interest that that brought from people all over the country just for that smaller version of this they were constantly asking for more rooms. We have more people that are interested, that are reaching out, that want to come. So for us to be able to kind of translate our own version of that here is something really exciting and something that we definitely need to look at and push for. Um, another thing I wanted to go through is just looking at the number of events that the cross-section of local areas and around the state with the events that we're doing with the exception of a couple, obviously, Vail, we have the highest number of events or equal to, and everybody on there either has a higher number of full-time people or some of them even on here had 30 staff <laughs> that are on call to help or are part-time. The fact that we're putting on all of these events with just these two brilliant ladies, I feel like we really need to make sure that we are showing them support and doing what they feel is needed for this town to succeed. Thank you. Thank you, Justin. Um, thanks for the opportunity to say a few words. I, I didn't prepare anything. I'm just kind of going to ad-lib this. I could talk about this probably the whole evening. And I'll try not to do that. But, uh, you know, events, what, are the, what does it really mean? You know, what's, what are we all talking about? Uh, to me, that's really, I think, what I think about. It's not just fun. It's about people. It's about gathering. And it's about creating culture, which is the basis of a place, a sense of place and a sense of community. I look at events and what I've experienced over the last five or six years here in Avon, um, just this incredible growth in the community and the sense of community that they bring 
uh, words that I wrote down to myself about the events that happened here, that they're profound. They impact us. They're meaningful. They enrich in our lives, our quality of life. Um, it used to be I went to a neighboring town to see my friends and community and gather and meet with visitors. I don't do that as much. I come here. I, uh, I see my friends and community here in Avon, and it's something that's happened in the last five or six years. Um, it's hard to put your pulse on it. Um, you have two of the best, most organized, quality people running these events that I know of. I uh, spent a lot of time in other towns, do a lot of planning, work with uh, other staff. And bar none, I think uh, Danita and Chelsea and Eric have put together a portfolio of events, the way they organize it, the metrics, the work that goes into beforehand, the work that goes uh, afterwards. It's just amazing. I mean, look at the packet. Um, we started this five or six years ago, the commi committee, and we had none of that. Um, we were kind of uh, um, lost a little bit in finding our way. Um, I would say today we're not in that place. Um, this is very strategic. Um, what's being proposed before you has been very well thought out. It has a trajectory. Um, it's not just about rushing into things next year in 2025. It's a 10-year vision. And uh, I think it's taken us five or six years to get there. And uh, so I'm really proud of uh, being associated with this group, with you all, and what takes place. I feel like the stage, the pavilion, is finally being used in the manner, um, and perhaps more than we had ever guessed with the Sunset Live, particularly that event uh, in the evenings on Sunday. It's really neat and what happens there. And I think the, the memo, I think, says it best. It's an intersection of community and, uh, and guests. And I think we have a really unique blend that's uh, started. Uh, both guests and our community really interact with each other during these events and their continuum events that we even had fireworks this uh, winter. That was just amazing if you all were there. And um, I see some of you there, and I know I've enjoyed myself with you all. Uh, but I'm in great support of this, and I hope that uh, you too will be and look forward to a discussion with you about it. Thank you. Thank you, Pedro. Colin, did you want to speak? Uh, yes. So, just like everyone else, I also didn't prepare anything, so it'll be short and sweet. I would first like to start out with saying thank you so much to Denise and Chelsea for the great work and dedication. It honestly shows as you look at the results and look at the data. I truly didn't know what this position on this committee would look like when I first got in. I didn't know what to expect or how my role would look like being on this committee. But honestly, it's just been filled with an amazing and fun adventures from looking at behind the scenes of all the events that we're organizing to see it happen in real life. It's honestly breathtaking because as I am someone who grew up in central rural Minnesota, Attending special events is something that just it brings a lot of heart and meaning to my heart And that's why it's been easy for me to adapt and call Avon my home and As you know the data shows and as more construction is happening I think it's safe to say that our community is growing but so is our progress for all of these impactful events, as well as all these initiatives to expand our culture and art and history here in the Valley, from all of like the signs that are laid around town to going as far, 
sorry, went as far as having a couple of members of the case committee I go all the way out to Crested Butte to understand what that truly looks like in the sense of culture and heritage. And I know that is one of the directions that you guys are looking to head into, but also so is case. And that's why Best of the West and uh, Heart and Soul would be very well adaptive within here in the community. Thank you, Colin. Go ahead, Danita. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you, Case, for being here and for the, for the support. That support means the world to uh, the special events team. What Pedro said reminded me of a story, and I just have to share it really quick. It's not a scripted story. So I was at Avon Live this year, and I think it was the last show. I think it was Spafford. Might have been the one before, but whatever it was, it was a great show. And I saw somebody who I've known for a long time in the Valley, a veil person, if you will, right? Well-known photographer, et cetera, worked together on some other larger festivals and I hadn't seen him in a while. So we're chatting away and he's like, wow, this is incredible. He goes, I don't ever come to Avon and I decided I would start going because I moved to Avon and I'd start coming to your Avon live show. He goes, what you guys have created here is really cool. And the vibe here and the culture is amazing and I love it and I'm always gonna come on Wednesday nights. And I was like, right on. Right? I thought that was really great of him to say. So anyway, with that, please, I'll turn it over to council. I can answer any questions that you might have. And if I can't, I'll get back to you, I promise, uh, in the, contained in the packet. And then we can move on to our top four questions. OK, so does anyone have any questions that are not related to the top four questions? <laughs> I, I have a comment, if that's Please, OK. Please, go ahead. So my comment is, um, Everything seems so cool and vibrant because you guys all care. And if you didn't care, it wouldn't be so cool. So I think that's what people are seeing, that everything kind of jams together really nicely and, and fluidly. Um, and then I just wanted to um, comment on your ask. I think as our town grows, I think as our budget grows, as our income grows, that um, our special events need to grow with that. And as inflation climbs, everything gets more expensive. And personally, I don't think that that is too much of an ask. So mm -hmm. that's just my view on it, that I think we all need to move together. Um, and presenting, like, as our town gets better, we all have to get better. And the only way we can do that is by investing in it. Thank you for that, Chico. Does, uh, Rich, did you have a question? Yeah, just a couple questions just to get educated on this, if I could, um, Danita. On page two of your memo, item number one, sub I, talks about radio spots and DJ mentions. Yes. I did not understand the difference between planned spend and total value. If yeah, you could help educate me on that. Absolutely. Thank you for that question. So um, the planned spend is related to the budget. And the uh, total value is that with a lot of our media partners, as well as a lot of our um, uh, bar partners as well, we do some trade for sponsorship. Okay. So we paid for 8400 in cash, but we received a value equal to 166 Okay, I saw the same thing down on K on the next page, if mm -hmm. you're following along, Miguel. Um, why do we advertise in the Summit Daily? Help me out with that. Yeah, so Summit Daily obviously partners with the Vale Daily, right? One company okay. owns the same thing. There are a few events that um, I believe are attractive to the Summit County guest, such as Avon Live, such as Salute to the USA. And in part of our trade arrangements, it worked really, really well for me to use my trade dollars 
in the Summit County area, more so in our digital and our programmatic advertising uh, with those um, Facebook DID that I talked about and programmatic worked really well for those sorts of needs. So I think that there's, there, it's a like community to ours and wanted to be sure that we invited them over for all some events that fit. Not all of them fit, mm -hmm. but I think Avon Live certainly did and Salute to the USA certainly did. Okay. Mm -hmm. And now's the right time. I have a question about not one of the four questions. Now's the right now's time. Now's the right time. Help me out with Lakeside Cinema. I, mm -hmm. I'm assuming that appeals to a little different demographic, younger parents with kids. It seemed the cost per attendee, this is from memory, I haven't pulled it up on my iPad yet, yeah. was higher than some of the other ones and you guys recommended continuing that program? Yeah, we recommended continuing that program. One thing that we did this year that we invested in through supplemental budget adjustments was we added advertising to it. Typically, we kept it really small, just local, a few posters here mm -hmm. and there, but we invested in some of that advertising this year, mainly on a digital platform, but as well as actually on a print platform in English and in Spanish. Uh, and we also added to that free popcorn for the first 50 people. And that really helped increase our attendance. Okay. I don't know if it was the popcorn. I think it was more about the advertising. But yes, it's geared towards uh, our families, our local families. Obviously, obviously, you guys want to continue that since there was no recommendation to not continue. Yeah, okay. I think it's a good one to continue. I think that's all my questions for right now. Thanks. Oh, the other thing I had, one other one. Um, the staff, I saw on here that um, the town operated concessions, is that staff that usually, I hate to say man, I don't know if that's right, I can say that word anymore, but you, staff you operates can, those? Yes, There's yes. There's no concern about burnout or people working too many hours or anything no, like that? No, you know what, that's a, great, that's a great question. I oversee the bar operations and then we supplement that with a bar manager that's only seasonal, you've probably seen Waz there, mm -hmm. and then we bring in bartenders. And bartenders here in our valley know that this is their season, the outdoor festival season to really get involved. So I don't anticipate any burnout with that particular staff, but a great okay. question. Okay, mm -hmm. that is it for me for now. Okay, does anyone else have any questions unrelated to the four big questions? Tamara, go ahead. Um, can you speak to us about your volunteers? I know you've had to work you know, early and long to get enough, and how did that program go this year? Yeah, thank you for that. Our volunteer program, 100% of that growth is Chelsea Van Winkle. Um, when, when she came on board in 2022, one of the things I said to her is we really need to get our volunteer program back to where it used to be years ago. She worked really hard to do that. And that, in order to grow that program, it takes a lot of relationship building and one-on-one -on -one communication um, and really being engaged with that volunteer. She grew it again. I think this year we gained four more and we have a very robust, there's a core crew that volunteer no matter what, just because they want to come and they want to have fun and they're dedicated to Chelsea and what Chelsea needs. So yeah, it grew this year by four people. We reduced the number of hours. Last year we had 600 hours. This year we had 525. Just had to do with timing when folks came on board. Um, within the four is the Xterra ask for cash and part of my question there relates to all the other events we give cash to I wanted to understand so we have some sort of equitable understanding so that's probably more related to Xterra than not um, but I wanted to I, I guess kind of not revisit but wanted to understand where we're giving cash elsewhere and should we be giving that cash um, and is it equitable with what Xterra is asking, et cetera? So, 
So does anyone have any questions not related to the four, the big four? Um, let's go ahead and jump into Xterra and answer okay. um, Tamara's question regarding who's getting money and kind of what the thought, because the yeah. case committee makes the recommendations, correct? Y yes, and. <laughs> yes, and. The last time we went to RFP, we did that for a number of years, but the last year we went to RFP, uh, asking for event producers to come to our town and produce events was in 2019. Um, through that process, uh, we still have some of those with us, and also we have um, um, released a few as well, for lack of a better word, right? The ones that we currently have on our calendar for 2024 are um, Vel Valley Brew Out, Dancing in the Park, Man of the Cliff, where is it in the in my packet? If you put that up, I'm trying. I'm having a hard time remembering all of them. I say these the every third day. Third party funded right. producers. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Ultimate Opry Avon. Which is good. Boom. Right. Are they not not with back. us in 2020. Pride in back. the park. Of yes, course. Yes, ma'am. In kind only. Vale Valley Lacrosse Tour. In kind only. Triple Bypass. In kind only. Avon Art Celebration. Thank you very much. Yes, Avon Art Celebration. Very good, thank you for helping me out on that. Vail Lacrosse Tournament is in kind. Dancing in the Park is a cash. Vail Valley Brew is cash, and Man of the Cliff is cash. So through that process, we gained some of those events through that RFP process. Um, Pride in the Park is different than that, as is Ultimate Operate Avon. That process worked really well for us, but we felt as though the case committee and working alongside the town manager felt like we were kind of there with needing to go out to RFP for third-party producers, and we took a much more ownership where we, we switched that model a little bit to town-produced events instead of third-party. So it's one of the reasons why we no longer go out for RFP, 2019 being the last year for 2020 funding. We all know what happened in 2020, right? Um, so when um, a producer comes to us and asks for funding, typically that process is I'll do a deep dive and jump into it and see if I think it's the right fit. We'll run it through our team and our team really for that process is Gary Padilla in public operations, of course Chelsea, Enica, and we involve or take a recommendation to town manager to get his thoughts on it. Um, so that's the process. I hope that answers the, your question on that, Tamara. Well, I lost track as I was reading as to where you said in kind and where you said cash. So which okay. are the ones that are just cash? Just cash are Brewow. Avon Art Celebration. I'm sorry. Avon Art Celebration. There's 3000 in funding to them. Okay. Dancing in the Park, which for 2024 is proposed at 40000 Vail Valley Brewow, which is 22000 in cash and Man of the Cliff, which is 10. Each one of them also received some in-kind services. And Xterra is not, was not on the list for last year. They were not. Were they they not. were a third party funded, they were a third party producer. They were a third party producer, but no cash, just in-kind for last year, okay. this year. <laughs> for 23. Correct. But they're asking for 10, can you explain the 10? Absolutely. For whatever in the five for a special family dinner or something? Yeah, absolutely. So the Xterra brand this past year, past two years, really went under um, a complete rebranding of it. It's been a mountain championship here in our community for 
gosh, as long as I can remember, I want to say starting in 2007 and 2008 with the Beaver Creek uh, Mountain Championships. In 2022, they came to us and said, we're revisiting our model so that we are more community oriented. So last year in July, you saw on Saturday, they brought in Trout Steak Revival. They had a kids activation. Um, they brought their award ceremony down to Avon at the pavilion on Saturday afternoon. They did packet giveaways on Friday. We tried to partner on a SUP race on that Friday evening as well. So that was the beginning of helping them get more ingrained into our community instead of just coming in and racing and then leaving again. That was a, a strong ask of them is to get ingrained with our community. So this year, they returned, and once again, we get to host the USA Championships, and part of that um, was through a bid process. Now, we have a really solid, long-lasting relationship with Xterra, so we talked about that bid process. Back of the envelope, when I first received it and looked at it, I was like, wow, that's like a $250,000 investment if I look at the bid package, and you want me to do all the work. So want Avon to do all of the work, if you will, just borrow the brand, but facilitate all aspects of production and race control. So we sat down when he was here in August and went through the bid packet and said, okay, so how can we come to an agreement of what Avon can do and what Avon can't do? We arrived at, if I can come up with $10,000 of cash, as opposed to 250, um, is that a number that is acceptable for you to come? And the answer was yes on that. Then we started to talk about how can we get um, the guests that are staying in the resort community of Beaver Creek to come down to Avon and enjoy what we have to offer here. We thought it was the whole concert piece and family activation in and around the lake, but we missed that mark just a little bit. So through conversations, we were like, how about a community dinner? where those athletes and those families are going to go to dinner anyway, come down to Nottingham Park and enjoy each other's company in that setting. They thought that was a great idea. Um, and I'm proposing 15 because 10 would go directly to the producer. Five would remain in our budget where we could collaborate with Beaver Creek Resort Company as well as Xterra to come together for a community event that fits that brand and fits Avon. Does that help explain that? It does. Thank okay. you. Um, can you, um, I hate to use the word justify, mm -hmm. but I remember from the budget and then um, you just uh, reminded me on brew out, especially mm -hmm. 22,000 is, that's a lot of money. So can you, why do we give them $22,000? How does that break down? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in 20, when I came back in 2019, that event was well underway already. It started in 2018, and at that time, the funding level was just over $32,000. I think it was 32.8. Um, we trimmed that back a little bit, teeny tiny bit, to 32. And then last year, through the process of diving into financials with our third-party producers confidentially um, and, and reviewing that data, just sort of like what we did with our cost per attendee analysis on town events, we did the same thing. We looked over time, does the data show us that the cost per attendee is going down, and does the data show us that the attendance is increasing? Um, with that event in particular, I didn't see the the data uh, moving the needle a whole lot. 
I think their largest year for attendance was 2022, if I remember correctly from reviewing those numbers a little bit earlier today. So I went to the producer and the timing was good because the producer uh, is a new producer. He bought the company from the former producer. So it's called Happy Hour Entertainment. Um, and at that time we had the conversation. I think I, I'm ready to start, when I look at the data, I need to start backing down the investment. You've been here since 2018. I'm not seeing that Moodle Neve, that, that needle move, right? And you're profitable. And that's another piece of it. You're, you're doing well, and we think the event is getting ready to stand on its leg. So he totally agreed. We reduced it in 2023 by 5,000. I reduced it by 2024 by 5,000. I don't know, um, and this will be something we'll take to the case committee or town manager, if funding goes completely away. I don't think so. It's about brand alignment. I think it fits for us, offers diversity. So I don't think it, I don't see it eventually going away 100%. But uh, that's just been one that's been on our calendar for a while. We're watching it. We're paying attention. Um, I hope that answers your questions. It does. And I've attended that um, event um, happily for a few years. And it's a good event. I'm not sure it's, um, you know, as on brand maybe as Xterra or you know, that's using the lake and it's stuff. It's mm -hmm. in some ways, it's just another brewery event. I, I do think that that works mm -hmm. for us. So I appreciate mm -hmm. you looking at it. I wouldn't be the one to pull the money. I guess I would ask for some more um, local effect. I mean, there were even very mm -hmm. few breweries there yeah. from my observation this year. So it really yeah. was not a very compelling mm -hmm. event, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Again, for that, lo that large contribution. Mm -hmm. So... That brewery festival piece is a very competitive market. I will say that, very competitive market. They produce other, Happy Hour Entertainment has four other beer festivals under their belt that most all of them, when I'm thinking about it, all of them are in Denver, except ours. And we bring that local connection in with Vail Valley Charitable Fund. But I appreciate that that insight, and we'll continue to look at that one. Yeah, how much, um, mm -hmm. I forgot about the Vail Valley Charitable Fund aspect. Mm -hmm. Do you know how much money they, mm -hmm. um, they get contributed based on that event being the um, non all of those profits they split 50 50 with the producer they come in and hold the liquor licensing yeah. as well as do a lot of the uh activation they secure sponsors they sure. secure vendor got volunteers they and have volunteers yeah so they do a, a good portion of that would heavy you lifting. get that number for us as to how much mm -hmm. they made last year or how much they make it each yeah, year i can throw been out the ballpark uh for you and i don't think it's inappropriate for me to throw out Is that it? number right mm, what they made no <laughs> yeah it ranges about each partner made approximately twenty thousand dollars okay this calendar year so have have we talked philosophically amongst the case committee as to long-term effect like to, to me i look at brewow and is that one that should be standing on its own legs in a few years or is that one that the town is going to be asked to fund in perpetuity um like i you know i think there's some that are going to be funded in perpetuity and that's fine if they hit the brand but is it something that you know should be standing more on its own and, and perhaps it's a bit of a transition because the company was sold um, and also I just know how 
challenging the um, brew, brewing industry has been over the last three years. They, you know, seem to be coming out of the COVID funk finally. Um, but a lot, I mean, a lot of the smaller brewing companies got hit really hard. So mm -hmm. do you guys talk about that on a long-term basis? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Amy. And I will tell you that in the November case meeting, we've already put on the agenda to take a deep dive into our third-party producers. We don't think we're going to invite them in yet. We think that should be an every other year sort of a function, but we will be looking at that data at the next case committee meeting. The philosophical part about at what point do you pay just to be associated with the brand, that's a, a deeper conversation for sure, and maybe one at the council level or at least bringing in town manager on that to say, all right, what do we pay to keep it here in Avon as opposed to having it leave our community and go someplace else? Right, and I think we have a kind of an interesting lesson learned from when you know, the triple bypass tried tried to run away and they realized that was a bad idea. Um, so, you know, just having those conversations and obviously that's on brand. Um, I, I, I still am trying to understand with Xterra what we're gonna be doing differently. So the, if, the, the races themselves, they start in the lake, don't they? Yes, yes. There's a, so the swim start for the uh, mountain triathlon definitely starts in Nottingham Park. Um, there's not a finish per se in Nottingham Park, but they did move their award ceremony to Nottingham Park last year. Also, um, a note so I don't forget about 2024 is in 2022, it was in July, where it's always traditionally been every year the mountain championship has been here. Am I saying that right? Yes, I'm saying that right. And then in 2023, they moved it to August. One of the things they discovered is by moving it to August, their participation went down because for athletes to participate in the championship, they have to have competed in a certain number of races and get enough points. So what that means for that international athlete is that by the time August rolls around, especially the end of August, they have all the points they need to participate and they don't have to come participate in this one in order to qualify for the worlds. So they're gonna, they were gonna move it back to July. Just this week I got word that it's either gonna be Beaver Creek wasn't uh, willing to provide the July date. So we've been asked to look at June 22nd or June 29th. So that's where it will eventually land in our calendar for 2024. Longer term, that doesn't work for us because we'll have best of the West, but we can make those decisions as we get a little bit closer. Um, so yes, swim start is here. Um, transition, they go up into Beaver Creek for most all of the racing. There are some other models that you'll see in that Beaver Creek bank in that uh, Beaver Creek brand with their short track series, their um, uh, trail running series that are new to their portfolio that I think eventually over time, we may have the opportunity to bid on specifically just those at a lower price point, I would imagine. For me, with that Beaver Creek being associated with that is when you, if you take a look at that uh, bid document that they sent over, their digital reach and their global branding, for me, is what ties Avon to them specifically because there's, there's so much synergy there. And they have such a big audience. Yeah. Thank you. So, yeah. Uh, did you have more questions, well, Tamara? Can I give a comment? Please. So I, thanks for when you all entertain this. I just, I would like maybe all of us mm -hmm. to sort of maybe express what we value in these sorts of events because um, I think most, you know, Many of them are good, and um, I respect your 
analysis about the international crowd partnering with Beaver Creek is also has, mm -hmm. um, you know, additional um, good things for mm -hmm. our town to be doing mm -hmm. that with our neighbor. And um, so I, I think I would probably be in favor this year of the of doing the 15. I do like the idea of um, the community dinner in cooperation with Beaver Creek Resort Company, especially. Um, where are where are the promoters are nonprofit or there is a big aspect where the a local nonprofit benefits? For example, I know dancing in the park is expensive, um, but it's with our friends at Vale Valley Foundation, Avon Residence, right? Um, they they work from here, nonprofit organization, important. Um, Man of the Cliff, I think, is a very local event. I know it has a commercial promoter. I don't know what the nonprofit, um, other than being very on brand, um, which my husband calls Lady of the Lake instead of Man of the Cliff. But um, uh, if there if there is a real community aspect in addition to the branding and the partnering, that's what I value. So when you look at these, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, I just, I wonder, I, I am, it's very important to me to know that Vale Valley Charitable Fund, which is a very important nonprofit in our community, gets 50% of, um, of the uh, Bruau profits. Um, so that makes me feel better about yeah. throwing in the 22. Mm -hmm. But I think, that, that's a, I think that's a lot of money for a commercial mm -hmm. enterprise, but. So that's just how I feel it when you're when you all are figuring it out. I mean, I don't know what do other people feel. So, um, do, do are there more questions right now? I'm sorry. What? Mm -hmm. Well, that, that's that's kind of what I'm trying to grasp. So we talked. Tamara brought up quite a bit about the, in general, what we're funding mm -hmm. and making sure we're on brand there. Regarding the four questions, starting with Xterra, Tamara expressed that she was comfortable with the 15,000. How does the rest of council feel about that 15,000? I'm fine with that. I think it matches up really well with what we're doing. There's a lot of local athletes that participate and do extremely well. It has a huge reach. I think it's gigantic. I think it's great. Hopefully we can, without looking too far down the road, continue that partnership with Beaver Creek. Ruthie? Um, <clears throat> I agree with the Xterra. I, I would be all for, <clears throat> excuse me, for funding um, because it, we have had it for so long and puts us on the map and people come and they stay and they spend dollars here. Um, my concern is Man of the Cliff. I know I all love Man of the Cliff, and I love Man of the Cliff. Um, it was a little low this year because of, I think, the bluegrass that was going on in Vail. How can we make sure that doesn't happen again? Mm -hmm. I mean, did they just come up with that bluegrass at the last minute? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Vail went to RFP for that particular festival and local production company Moody Productions put on that free bluegrass festival. I was in touch with her throughout the weekend. How's it going over mm -hmm. there? You know, and, and it was successful for them there at Checkpoint Charlie. From, it was a free bluegrass festival throughout, throughout the same weekend as Men of the Cliff, which absolutely was an unfortunate. I can't say whether or not it was a detractor, right? Um, I don't have that 
I don't have that data to say if it was a retractor. You know, anecdotally, we might be able to say maybe it was. Um, yeah, we'll see. And Man of the Cliff, too, as you know, is supported by a local nonprofit, Can Do MS. So Can Do MS plays a vital role in all of the execution, the liquor licensing for Man of the Cliff as well. But the two passionate partners who started it back in Red Cliff, Adam and Amanda, they're still very involved, more at an ambassador level, but um, they're still very passionate about it. Thank you for that. Ruthie, mm -hmm. did you have... Um, So let's um, let me finish up with Xterra. Uh, RJ and Lindsay, how do you feel? And Chico, how do you feel about the Xterra? Uh, I'm in favor of, of the Xterra. I think Rich read my notes before he talked, but you know that's fine too. Um, what I like about the Xterra and events like Pride in the Park and the cinema and the Triple Bypass is every town around here does concerts and beer fests, and these are unique to us. And I just want to. I mean, I'll say it, I'm anti-concerts and beer fest, so that's fine. But I am pro Pride in the Park movies and people riding bikes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for that. Lindsay? I'd echo Rich's sentiment as well. I think it's incredible how many local athletes participate, but then um, the international level of people who come. And I randomly chatted with someone like years ago. They come to Avon every single year, different times a year, and it's because they first came to one of these events. And so they fell in love with Avon back then. And so I think this is such a healthy event that's so unique and incredible. So, yeah, I'm in favor of supporting that. Okay, thank you. Chico? Sure. I, I think it's, a, it's important for consistency and that we've done it for so many years at, at, to some degree. Um, and I also want to include that... Uh, uh, it, it got a lot of engagement at Battle Mountain High School. Um, they oh. took a lot of volunteers from there, got a lot of kids into the sport. And whenever we can keep a kid off a uh, vape pipe <laughs> and have him volunteer or her volunteer, I think it's so important that we create that outlook, outlet for kids to um, see world-class athletes like the Madaw Group and family and, <laughs> and engage people that are locals. So. Um, and so if I could just interject, like consistency, the consistency of programming. Um, I heard someone else say that um, it's what people expect out of us and that we always need to meet our expectations to some degree as well. Thank you for that. So I think with that, um, I, I too think it is completely on brand. So um, let's go ahead and support that. Um, I am real interested to see how a community dinner might end up interfacing, but um, but I do ag agree that the the on brand of of um, that event is is quite strong. Um, let's go ahead and go to summer's end concert uh -huh. and. Um, Lindsay, do you want to start with your opinion on Summer's End or any questions? Yeah, I'll go ahead because I was I loved this concert each year because uh, that particular weekend it's so encumbered by um, the the the, the Oktoberfest and I feel like everyone's always working, the locals are working or attending that, so I always loved this as Summer's End. But it's really not even on Summer's End because summer keeps going, um, so it really feels peculiar because it gets so hot and you're like it's not the end of summer um and i used to love it but i see the point made for discontinuing it um 
and it just seems as though a lot else is going on, so why really try so hard um, that not many people are attending? So I used to be in huge favor of it. I used to absolutely love it, um, but I understand your plea that it's maybe not working out. Thank you for that. Chico, do you have any um, thoughts on summer's end? I'm good with having it be done. It's up to staff. Like, if you think it's a good idea to be done with it, I think it's a great idea. And this year, maybe you were queuing it up to be the end, because I didn't hear about it. <laughs> anyway. RJ? Uh, I would sadly be in favor of discontinuing it. Ruthie? Sadly, I agree. <clears throat> Unless we can bring in a big name, spend the money on ad dollars, really promote it. I think we're just spinning our wheels if we're not bringing in somebody that's going to draw, draw the crowd with everything else that's going on. Well, I guess I would like to see it continue. I'll be the, the, the different voice. Um, I would rec I defer to your guys' judgment to have the a bigger name band moved to Saturday of Labor Day. I guess overall, I'm just curious if that really is the best weekend to do that, right? Is there, because there's so much going on on Labor Day, is there another weekend in September that, as Lindsay stated, that's really closer to the summer, the end of summer, that we would have a better chance of success with that? Or are those, you know, with everyone else the same, maybe those dollars are better spent somewhere else, but you guys have dug into it pretty deep, so I'd be, in favor of continuing with the bigger name band, but really look at the weekend that we're going to have it. Thank you for that, Tamara. Um, I'm in favor of it just becoming a Sunset Live Sunday um, music, not called Summer's End anymore. I would. I think. I think Labor Day is just awkward. Labor Day weekend because half the time you don't know if something's happening on Sat Sunday or if there really is a Monday. And so I think there's just a lot of confusion and kids are back in school. And I think it's a very difficult weekend to try to have a success. And Oktoberfest is just too compelling to really try to compete with, I think. So I think we shouldn't bother anymore, but redeploy that money well. And some of those um, aspects, um, Paddle Battle and the Cardboard Regatta, right? You know, mm -hmm. as Thomas said, are very unique things like we need to like mm -hmm. always push it and that's the lake so all of these aspects um of uh that can use the lake and are not only music but supping while you're listening to the music or something mm -hmm. um we 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 need to do that and using the beach and using the park etc so i would like that i would like Paddle, paddle Battle and Cardboard Regatta to be inserted into Best of the West in whatever way it can be, because I, I view, as we, we talk about the pre-launch for Best of the West in a minute, but I view June as the better time for any of this. I'm a little, I'm um, for launching a new event, because I think that Everybody is ripe for an event in June, ready to come into the park, blow up the SUPs, blow up, you know, and if there's an event to go to, you really set an intention. It's the bust out for summer. It's maybe it's, um, Eric was saying, maybe Battle of the Bands moves to that. Um, 
get people outside because people are just you know itching to be in the sun and the park mm -hmm. is wide open and that's what we celebrate in Best of the West. Mm -hmm. So I would ask for there to not be music. But so those parts of the, the lake use parts of Summer's End, I would ask that we redeploy um, elsewhere. And I think that's, I did mention Battle of the Bands. I loved Battle of the Bands, that was great. Um, yep, that's all I have on Summer's End. So I agree. Awesome, thank you for clarity. I will say we are continuing with Paddle Battles and Cardboard Regatta on the, on the Sunday of Labor Day weekend. So that's a go, it's just the concert piece that's not a go. And we'll do an extended uh, Sunset Live on that Sunday. So there'll still be a lot to do with Lakeside Cinema, uh, sunset Live and Paddle Battles, just not the concert piece. So thank you for, thank you for that. Thank you for that, that is... Amy. Yes. Excuse me, I have something to add. Um, on the Paddle Battles and the, the SUP, I, I think closing the lake to the public on Sunday, on Labor Day weekend, was not a good idea. Um, I heard about it, people mm -hmm. coming, why can't we get on the lake? So. Is there any way of working that out so that the public can get on the lake and still have the, the battle and the Absolutely. And the regatta? Absolutely. Okay. And this year we didn't close it as long as what we had signed to have it closed. We had to close it for a period of time so that we can run the competition and keep everybody safe. Mm -hmm. But we'll take a deeper dive into that and see if we can't tweak it even more so it's less impacts to the, less impacts to the community there. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Okay, so you have direction on one and two, and we started touching on the pre-launch for Best of the West and Heart and Soul. Um, who has additional thoughts on those two items? I know Tamara started a little bit. Who else? Madam um, Mayor, just to record in the minutes, yes. were you in favor of one or two for Summer's End? I missed Kill, kill it. Okay, so <laughs> for two. <laughs> Thank you. Discontinue. <laughs> no, they're co competing against the the silliest Sunday ever in Vale, which is the rubber duck race on top of the far farmers market on top of something. Oh, gourmet on the gore is just not something to do at the same time as Beaver Creek is drinking more beer than they usually do. So um, yeah, no, I'm perfectly happy keeping it our local lake focused items. Thank you, Miguel. Hopefully that's a good quote. Um, so with that, we are to the pre-launch prep for Best of the West and Heart and Soul. And so just for clarity, Best of the West will be the June event. Third weekend in June is our target. And then Heart and Soul will be in September. Correct. And so rather than trying to smush in another concert on Labor Day weekend, approximately one or two weeks later would be Heart and Soul. Correct. We're targeting the third weekend in September. That could adjust based off of talent and routing, I suppose. Okay. Go ahead and... Can you explain pre-launch and this sort of transition? Um, yeah. What are, what, are we, what are we talking about for 24, and then what are we talking about for 25, and both of them separately, please? Yeah, absolutely. So for best of... 
Yeah. For Best of the West, what we're looking to do, it's the same model for heart and soul a little bit. For Best of the West, what we're looking to do in 2024 is secure our branding elements. So what I mean by that is engaging with the creative artist, like we do for our other event brands, Salute to the USA and Avon Live, to bring us a, some brand elements. We usually start that process with a logo, and then we transition those into all of the other assets that we're going to need, be it for our digital marketing, our print marketing, our social, etc. We have those collateral developed that usually can take anywhere from a I'm gonna say a three-month process to an eight-month process depending on the complexity of what it is that we want to put out there and associate with that brand we have a little bit of deep dive to do on that one to identify uh, further identify the vibe that makes sense what we want that vibe and tribe to look like for best of the West so that'll be one of those steps I want to say I have about two thousand to twenty five hundred dollars identified in the budget to do just that work in 2024 and then we plan to start spending some of that money to create the buzz if you will in late 24 early 25 the publication that's just always top of mind for me that you might be familiar with there's many uh, the one that's top of mind for me is mountain town uh, that magazine it's a it's a beautiful magazine it's almost collector's item but a lot of the festivals that I like to enjoy and go to and that are larger advertise in that magazine in order to hit that first quarter consumer if you will of 2025 we have to have our collateral our ad buys and things lined up by October November of 2024 so that buying cycle of getting all of our creative done and complete our ads ready to go and sent off to the publication that timeline um, we need to have those ready by the end of 2024 does that make sense yeah and of course we will bring back to council if we're able to meet with you in April some more of the tactics and the details to support a bigger budget going into 2025 to make sure that event's successful so that's just the pre-launch work for it the same process, if you will, for heart and soul. Could be a little bit less, but we budgeted the same amount of money, about 5,500 for advertising and two to 2,500 to get that brand created. The brand elements, a lot of those are already created because we tried to pilot in 2021, if you remember that. So maybe not as much on that, but that same process, and that one's ticketed. So the complexities and the sophistication, if you will, of exactly how we're gonna spend our marketing dollars, what platforms we're gonna engage with will be a little bit more time consuming is what I could say. Yeah, does that help explain a little bit about the process? It does, can mm -hmm. you address elements other than music for both events? What? what's kind of the plan for Best of the West? Yeah, for Best of the West, it is about a lot about having those musician workshops, um, engaging with other, when we think about our vendors, Colorado Authentic, Colorado Made sorts of vendors showing their wares at Best of the West, uh, being able to take that brand and extend it into, let's say, Loaded Joe's. So maybe they could host a, um, a musician workshop or a musicians at the end of the day. Same thing with Weston Riverfort. Same thing with Agave. Engage our local restaurants and bars to participate in it, if not in workshop and band performances. Over time, we hope that will grow. And maybe some of those performances and workshops are here locally uh, in the park as well. Eric, do you want to add anything to that? No, there's. we've mm -hmm. seen a couple um, where there's the music events and then they, just as Danita uh, described, musicians, workshops, songwriter workshops, workshops where you get to uh, meet uh, musicians and, and um, uh, spend some time that you wouldn't otherwise get just going to view a concert. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that would be 
uh, appropriate for that the theme of that, which is to be more Colorado based and uh, more mu musician based um, uh, as an event. So maybe the Colorado po po poet laureate. Possibly, right? Well, right, that's exactly, like we always talk about musicians and I'm not anti-music, believe me. But um, there are other art forms. So Absolutely. That's the, other th that's the other reason that I love and will always pay for dancing in the park, because it's dancing in the park. Yes. And there are other art forms and other mm -hmm. opportunities for workshops, poetry, spoken mm -hmm. word, performance. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's June, school's just going to be getting out. Maybe mm -hmm. there's a, a collaboration with the high school, Chico, of the, you know, in the English classes where there's some performative things. Ooh. I mean, those, the like teachers there are amazing mm -hmm. and maybe they're working on a piece mm -hmm. that is then performed at Best of the mm -hmm. West in, in June in Avon. Mm -hmm. So I would ask that we please broaden the concept. Because Best of the West can incorporate so many different things. Like you said, culinary, right? There's even, in my mind, I was talking to Eric, I was like, maybe even it's Colorado Brews. Wineries, distilleries, those sorts of things. But I love all the other art forms. Best of the West is a very inclusive brand. I think we can do a lot of that. Does anyone else have any questions or comments regarding the pre-planning for Best of the West and Heart and Soul? And so just to make sure I've got my brain on straight, Heart and Soul is ticketed. Best of the West is not. Correct. And Heart and Soul is a multi-day festival where you've got multiple stages. And so we're going kind of up and down and uh, so I think term. so the yeah the thought was best of the west we would probably do the battle of the bands on Friday night and then have uh, multiple stages the main stage and a secondary stage on a Saturday afternoon and just start there and okay. with the idea that over time maybe it would grow into the whole weekend um, heart and soul is really uh, bringing in a couple, uh, at least two top-tier names and maybe a mid-tier name, um, four bands to make it an afternoon, um, not multi-day. Um, and that uh, Denise and I talked about it was as part of the pre-launch. Uh, we would make some efforts to see if there's a private producer that would like to take on uh, the financial risk of that versus it being a town-produced. Lots of different models to look at as far as that goes for heart and soul, but I don't see long, I don't see short-term, multi-day for sure. Start off slow, get our success, get the, lose the training wheels when it comes to ticketed, and then eventually it could move to... Well, and it certainly seems like the model of free events where you can pay for VIP treatment seems to, in my mind, seems to be very on-brand. Yeah. Um, for Avon, um, and exactly what that means is going to vary from venue to venue. Um, but I, I do know that there's a lot of events I have gone to where, you know, I want to get the VIP wristband, otherwise I'm, you know, I'm just out there with the masses. So, I, I mean, I think that's an interesting way to, to split it. So, um, does anyone have any other thoughts or questions regarding the pre-launch? So do we have thumbs up or thumbs down for the pre-launch? 
Okay, it looks like we have unanimous thumbs up for the pre-launch. And now we'd like to discuss mural locations. Uh, before we move on, I, just, yes. I did want to say, um, I'm all in on Best of the West. I think the concept sounds great. I think it sounds local, definitely on brand. It's also in June. We also can use aspects of the park. Um, heart and soul, I think we're just reaching to have a ticketed event. Um, I would only be, it sounds very expensive to me, and only in favor if we are taking no financial risk whatsoever. So that's what the town manager said. So um, I'm all for going forward with it, but I, I don't want to take any, any risk on producing a, uh, an expensive event. Thank you for that, Lindsay. I also wanted to add that any ticketed event, I would love for us to find a way to um, reach out to our locals and make sure they get a fair, good price. I think most people aren't willing to pay over $35. If anything, if there's a way we could give a deal to locals to encourage them, that helps fill seats, essentially, um, but also helps our locals out um, who would like to be a part of these events but not have to pay $100. Um, so always keep the locals in mind. Thank you, Thank you for that. Lindsay, with that being said, so um, Foo Fighters, I went on a secondary market list over in Aspen with locals that had bought tickets, and the cheapest one I could find was 35 grand. So, like, within reason, like, locals get a good deal, but they actually use the ticket and don't resell it. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Alrighty, that's two different stories. Um, I think with that, we're ready to go to the mural location. Okay. And go ahead and go ahead and give us what what you're thinking and what we're gonna do. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. That super excited uh, at the prospect to bring another large format mural to Avon. I think Avon has made great strides in becoming known as an art community, which was part of my charge four years ago when I came back. So I think we're well on our way for that. Um, we've been able to use our, which by design, use the mural right across the street and tie it into so many other elements of items that we put out there for the community from the banners to the bags to the stickers to the list goes on. It's just been a great asset for us. And I look forward to doing that again. Um, two locations, I love both. So it's really, we're like, we gotta let you guys decide. Uh, Avon Elementary School next to the playground. I've only done a soft reach out to the school district to see if they would allow us to use that space. I haven't quite closed that loop on that yet, but that is one location. I think that would be a great location for, for any mural, but in particular, there's um, bringing in that Latino audience, if there is a way that we can tie in that culture uh, and be inclu more inclusive of that um, community down there on Avon Elementary School, I think that'd be a great location. And then of course, right here by the library, right across from our current mural, opposite end of where the Carrie, Farrell mur Carrie Fell mural is, which was our first one that went in, is another great location. That one I have less, um, um, is less tangible for me about those guardrails that we put out there for the artists. Um, yeah, and I put in, I want to say $23,000 in the budget, which is less than we did this one, but the, the square footage is a lot less. This was a pretty large mural, so I'm thinking that that can get it done. I'd like to release that RFP for that probably early next year, if not late this year, to try and get that engagement going. Uh, Pat Milbury, who has been such a valuable recess uh, resource for us and a, and a good friend for Avon has connected me already with a couple of artists that he think would be a really good fit for the Latino market. So I'm excited to take those next steps, but I'm really interested to hear where council thinks that that would be best 
to put a mural. I'm sorry, you just sold me on a Avon Elementary one in the Latino community and yeah. spicing up that area. So, uh, Ruthie? I agree. I, I love the elementary school idea. I'm not so sure about the seasons. Okay. I should always be the last person to ever comment on art. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my concern with the elementary school is there's a lot of people that live right there, and that'll be sitting on their back deck. They'll see that every day. So I just want to look at their opinion of that, that they want a bright painted mural right outside their door every morning when they sit on their porch and drink coffee. Okay. Lindsay, Chico? I I'm good with Avon Elementary. I think that's a great idea. That's good thinking. Thanks, Danita. Lindsay? You said yes already. Okay, Tamara. Um, yeah, that corner of town is looking so great. The plantings in front of the pickleball, um, the little picnic tables, the shelter for the um, porta potty, and oh yeah, the park entrance sign. It's really great. And when we get the curb, the curbs and sidewalks um, resurfaced, it's going to be great. So um, I'm all for um, spending the money over there. So and okay. I think your theme is is terrific. So I interested to hear what um, Principal Dana Harrison has to, has to say for it, and hopefully I imagine she'd be fully engaged. I think that'd be super fun to be on the playground of an elementary school to have a mural there. And I, I agree with that. I also um, honestly think we should already start thinking about uh, the additional mural the following year. Um, I am sensitive to what RJ's saying about you know, what are you going to be looking at when you have your morning coffee? Um, I do think it would be great if we had a couple of people on the selection committee from that neighborhood. I'm looking at you, Mr. Chesney. Um, but I do, I do think that it, you know, we do want to get it engaged with the community. Um, in all aspects, including some of them that might not have elementary school children. Um, so anyway, it sounds like you've got clear direction on that. I do. Can I confirm that it's the east wall? Like if we were right adjacent to the playground. Yeah, Thank you. that's the one we're going to go for. Mm -hmm. And okay, so you'll your next conversations is going to be with the school district, formalize that MOU, and then go RFP. Right, develop, curate okay. our jury panel, and then go to RFP, pending, of course, uh, budget approval. Okay, that sounds terrific. Is there anything else anyone would like to talk to the case committee about? Thank you for assisting us in all of this and being a voice of reason and uh, all the due diligence you do and giving us these recommendations. Very much appreciated. Our, uh, Chico, go ahead. And do you know that Jenna Skinner has a band and that she should warm up often as well because she's got yes. an awesome voice. I don't know, did you guys know that? Yes. Did you guys know that? It's pretty cool. That, that, that's Thank terrific. Um, Ruthie, did um, you have something? I do have a few things I wanted to talk to you about. Absolutely. And the council. Um, my concern with the events that we've had and that we do have is advertising. I, I think we need to put more in our budget to get more, to get out there more often, um, more Facebook, more everything. Can we, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I'm trying to find my notes. Um, you want us to go back to the marketing section of the report? I, you know, I, I read through that. Okay. Um, can we get involved with, you know, like Pandora or uh, TuneIn and, and get our names out 
or our events out on those? I don't know what the, the procedure is for that. Or From a tactic standpoint, I'm absolutely willing to take a look at Pandora uh, to see if that's an avenue that makes sense for us. I'm absolutely willing to take a look at Pandora as a tactic. Spotify, you mean? Yeah, all those. You mean a, an ad, like a radio mm -hmm. ad, but on a Spotify or something exactly. like that? Exactly. Mm -hmm. After they say, are you still listening? Right. Exactly. Because mm -hmm. you're a cheapskate and you don't buy the subscription. Exactly. Comma Tamara. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And most and then, of our marketing, since our events are community-based, most of our marketing is is community-based, <laughs> right? Uh, but I hear what you're saying. If you're if you're if you feel as though the time is right to start to expand that, like we did with uh, Avon Live and Salute to the USA, because of the talent level that we have mm -hmm. warrants that. So uh, absolutely willing to take a look at that and see if that's the right fit. Um, my next question is: Mountain Town Magazine. Mm -hmm. Are we in there every year? We're currently not in there. It, does not, it doesn't necessarily fit in our ad budget. How can we get in there? Well, we can call the owner of the magazine, who I worked with for yep. 10 years. She's very um, responsive. Yeah. No, I, it, I was... I'd like to look into that. And well, and it just, we you just have to have that. advanced planning in some of our, some of our items. Mm -hmm. because, because it's a print magazine, it goes out mm -hmm. farther out. But well, and we don't have to do our events. We could just mm -hmm. do Town of Avon summer. Yeah. Some, so, you know, summer, see what we're doing. Some, brand, some branding, branding, exactly. branding ads that mm -hmm. talk about Sunset Live mm -hmm. um, and uh, Avon Live. Or Discover Avon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would love to do that, and I could make a suggestion that if you, if of course, it, if if it pleases town manager and council, is the funds that aren't going to be used for summer's end, which is twenty one thousand, and currently in the proposed twenty twenty four budget, maybe we roll those right over to marketing and advertising if that is so for branding, that's for branding yeah. as opposed to specific. Yeah. yeah. How does the rest mm -hmm. of the council feel about that? I'm hesitant. Um, I know that it was a previous, a different council that previously spoke on how much do we want to market because I feel as though the amount of units that are about to come on board within Avon that inherently is going to lend itself to more people participating in some events. Um, I, uh, I think a lot of the events we want to be community oriented, so it is about the community kind of influencing others to come to these events. And so I'm hesitant to spend money in a, uh, in a way that's, we already have a lot of people coming to town. Um, I'm just hesitant to spend money there where I'd prefer to spend it somewhere else. And I'd, I know it might only be 21,000, but I'd rather that go into our housing budget. Um, so that's my personal preference. I think it's, we want it to be a community effort into all of our community events. So I'm, I'm not a big person in favor of moving in that direction. Thank you for that. Does anyone else have an opinion to share on, on this topic? Um, well, I do believe that um, we've done a really phenomenal job of engaging the community and that um, we, we do have a couple events we're now talking about for 2024 that are actually going are geared in part during times when the hotels actually have capacity. Um, I don't know that it's a this or that. Um, I mean, I personally think that the community that gets developed often starts with someone who's visiting here. No, they didn't come here to go see 
a particular show, but the fact that they went down to the park on Wednesday evening and had a phenomenal time and whether, I don't remember the exact number, do you remember the number, the percentage of the surveys that were filled out by guests that were specifically visiting Avon or specifically came, the, the number of visitors that, that came to Avon specifically for the event for Avon Live? The number of those that were visitors, the percentage. What sticks in my brain, Amy, but don't quote me on this, is 36%. That, that sounds right, that 36% yeah. of the people who are coming are visitors mm -hmm. to Avon that are staying in hotel rooms at pretty big chunks of money, and they mm -hmm. came not necessarily for the concert, but they got educated about Avon Live or Sunset Live while they were at a hotel. So I don't, I don't see branding, advertising being inconsistent with trying to market to your community and to develop community. Um, because I do, I, I mean, I just feel right now versus 2004, when I say I'm from Avon, people actually know where it is. And in 2004, I'd say, oh, I'm from Avon, and they'd say, oh, where's that? And I'd, you know, gently nestled between Vale and Beaver Creek. I don't have to say that all the time anymore. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure that mm -hmm. spending marketing dollars, branding our summer, and I don't want to say calendar, our summer vitality and maybe that's more of what it is 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 a you know the heart of the valley come see you know come mm -hmm. see us as the heart of the valley whether it's for a day or for a lifetime you know something more along those lines okay. so um anyway so how about if we take a look at um all of our event branding was very specific about branding avon and i think for our events strategy we hit that pun intended, out of the park. When you take a look at the, the data there that we presented about our marketing, which we haven't ever done before. So I was thrilled to put that together at the impetus of our case committee last month. Um, I think working through the town manager, we can put together some ideas. I'm hearing maybe it's not that full 21, but maybe it's 10. And we just focus on that branding of what summer looks like and its event, event environment during the summer. I'm happy to do that and bring it back if that's what Eric wants me to do. Okay. Yeah, so I have one, one more mm -hmm. thing to say about that. We used to have a huge marketing budget, didn't we, over 200 Gs Ooh. at some point? No, uh, we've... 100 we've, Gs? What was so it? So we, we had like no marketing <laughs> okay. five or six years ago, and we've ridden on the coattails of uh, Vale Resorts and okay. Beaver Creek for years. And um, we just started a very modest marketing budget that is, I think, a fraction of most what other communities do. Um, we saw a lot of visitation in the summer of 2020 and 2021, and so Avon, like a lot of communities, had a reaction of too much. Let's back off. We didn't. We weren't that invested, so there really wasn't a whole lot for us to back off. But what we did do is shift that marketing more to um, promoting our values. So promoting, uh, to the mayor's point, Avon exists as its own identity. We're not just that place you drive through on the way to Beaver Creek. And uh, all the things that we work on, whether it's um, you know our diversity, climate action, uh, environment, and so uh, we've really focused on that. Ruth, I think to your point is, um, I, I heard I think the, it was more that locals are aware of what we're doing and make sure we're using all the social media, all the outlets, um, so that we have an event. It's not a surprise to anyone, and certainly I think that that can be the primary focus. Uh, Amy, I think you had a point of. 
um, that we do we do don't have full occupancy all year and so there's a return on that investment um, between sales tax accommodation tax short-term rental tax for housing and um, I was just running through the calculator uh, you know if we help um, another 4,000 room nights with is not a lot considering that with what's coming on we're going to be close to 2,000 accommodations and so if the advertising boosts another 4,000 room nights with an average spend, um, that's probably a return of 40,000. So I think in that mindset, uh, it helps the lodging community, helps our revenue base, helps the short-term rental tax that does go to housing. And uh, so, you know, and it, we're not talking big dollars. We're, we're really dabbling in it and just, you know, trying to help get Avon's name out. So, so maybe we should have some more thorough discussion on that point at some point, maybe? instead of just I, I mean I think if I'm let me know if I'm reading the consensus wrong but I think I uh, saw the nods about putting the 21,000 towards marketing and then okay. we'll um, not from Lindsay <laughs> well maybe uh, and maybe Mary you'd want to pull the rest of council then okay so uh, the question is the money we are not spending on summers at and marketing Staff is looking for direction to use a part of it to do some branding marketing that will be in more long-term publications that'll cover the entire summer. Is that what we're thinking of here? Mm -hmm. and, and redeploying some of that money. And Chico's saying yes, Lindsay's saying no. And what do we do for winter? Do we? Do we, for, are we in those glossy winter magazines? Yeah, no, great question. For events, I don't do anything in the wintertime other than specifically uh, fireworks in Avon. But I go pretty quiet for our marketing strategy during the wintertime, at least historically. That'll change for Best of the West and Heart and Soul. But And, and Liz is really the one who does the overall um, Avon marketing, which Eric can speak to more. Well, and I think we need to do more <clears throat> Excuse me, Facebook, Facebook buys, um, what is it, X, X is that what it's called? Twitter, Twitter ads um, for the event specifically. So I like the idea of taking that and redeploying it towards marketing. Okay. For getting the word out there. Okay. My one complaint, events. if you all remember, after Labor Day weekend, Monday's concert, none of my friends knew it was going on. And I'm like, I. I don't know what to say. Okay. That'd be in favor of deploying all of it towards marketing of some sort, rather than here's the dollar. What are we trying to achieve with the marketing, and make sure the dollars match up with what we're trying, what the objectives are, other than rather than the other way around. Go ahead. So I'm hearing what Ruth is saying. She's specifically uh, event-based in some of those channels the Spotify or Pandora or whatever. But it sounds like uh, what I would like to see is more of a collaboration with this money and Liz, within Liz's budget, and maybe that's what Chico's talking about, but I also don't think it was ever near six figures at all, of the lifestyle. And Avon mm -hmm. is a affordable lodging base alternative to Beaver Creek. And, the grocery stores here and locals live here by the heart of the valley that sort of thing that's that's what Liz does mm -hmm. okay that's been uh, there's been more of a shift in uh, the monies that she has towards what our values are versus 
um, you know, we want everyone in the world to come here. Okay, and so this well, and being in the glossy magazine, the mountain towns or whatever it is, or magazines, year-round, I, I do think that's in our to our advantage. Um, is it not? But that seems to be more of a Liz thing than a Danita thing. I would say it's a combination of both, actually. I mean, if you, we did a lot of research getting ready for Heart and Soul, and we were going to advertise that particular event when we did our pilot. Um, and I think there's four publications, maybe more, if I could, my memory is not quite right on that, throughout the season, that maybe in the summer season it focuses on events, and in the shoulder season it focuses on more um, branding elements. But absolutely happy to work alongside Liz and collaborate that, collaborate on and finding that balance for event specific as well as just town branding, if you will. Well, and Tamara, I'm thinking if we can direct them to discover Avine, mm -hmm. that's all we need to do. Get them mm -hmm. to know where, what, where they can find us and start, you know, clicking on it and getting all the news. Well, it sounds like you're going to work on some stuff and come back and talk to us later. Is Absolutely. Actually, what I would suggest, um, and very politely, uh, it, you're getting into pretty deep into a very small uh, item out of our $40 million budget. And uh, so I'd like to do is have staff just, uh, we'll take all your comments and we'll collaborate and come up with a good plan. Um, you know, there's a lot of different options. I think we've done really well. Um, with what we've done, and I would ask that you trust us, and we can certainly do a written report. If you want to take up more council time and go over how we spend $20,000 on marketing, we'll put that on an agenda. I, I'm okay if I we don't. Like Eric just nailed my opinion, because I was going to go, it's only 20K, you're the experts, do whatever you want. That's my take on it. Okay, so I think you got a good, good cross-section, and... Um, I have one other thing. Does anyone have anything else with regard to special events? So, one other thing. A car show. <laughs> A little bird told me that somebody in our fleet department is looking at dates for a car show for next year. Have you, has that little bird talked to you? Yes. Um, I so think a car show would be so much fun and and would really reach a different demographic and a different audience so hopefully we can help um, help that come to fruition if it can thank you That's, uh, madam mayor I'd ask if you'd pull the rest of council about that and uh, that that has come up if there's interest what we will do is we'll look at it and we can probably come back we might need a little more marketing budget. Um, <laughs> but let's, uh, if everyone, uh, if you could pull the rest of council and see if that's something that you think is worth exploring. Okay. Can I just make a comment about that? I sure. think it's so authentic, it's homegrown, um, it's unique, and you know the last time we helped a community organization that was homegrown was Mountain Pride and it turned into such a cool event. And so I agree with it being a dim different demographic and really let's, Let's help them with that. I think that's awesome. Thank you for that, Lindsay. Chico? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Okay, RJ? It's not a concert, it's not a beer, so I'm in. <laughs> Tamara? I'm in if it's truly a community grassroots event and not, you know, fancy uh, Denver car show derby <laughs> thing. Derby. Yeah, I'd like to steer us in the direction of a car show. 
Okay, and Ruthie, you like car shows? I'm all for it. Okay, perfect. Um, thank you for that. There's your poll. And uh, with that, do we have anything else that anyone would like to say before we move on to budget? Can I say anything else? Case? No. Any members of the public that would like to speak to us about our special events? None virtually or in the room. All righty then. Guess what time it is. <laughs> right on time. It's time for Paul. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank, Thank you for coming. Thank you for being Thanks here. For your work. Thank you. Um, so item number 5.5, this is a public hearing. So um, Paul will give a presentation at the end of the presentation on the budget. Um, we will have council ask questions um, and then after the council has had an opportunity to ask questions we will open to a public hearing for the benefit of the public so with that Paul please take it away thank you madam mayor and council members um, I just wanted to start off with our 2024 budget we took a conservative approach in projecting our revenues um, we we're investing in community housing and we're also um, maintaining our current program levels. Um, as you know, um, we discussed our 2024 budget at the September and October uh, budget retreats. Um, we are currently here doing our first public hearing on September, October 24th, and we'll have a second hearing on November 14th with the idea of council hopefully approving the budget on December 12th, and then we will certify our mill levies on December 15th. Um, Going to, uh, so let's go ahead and just jump into some of our revenues. I'll just give you some highlights on some of the, the different items within the general fund and then also uh, kind of go through a few of the other funds. Um, to start off, sales tax. Um, currently through August, we are over budget by about 7.4%. And how we are looking at this going into 2024, we are going to um, increasing our sales tax by approximately 3% over our projected um, our projected sales tax for 2023. Accommodation taxes are currently down um, from year to date. Um, um, with the addition of front gate, one riverfront, um, we are projecting our budgeting, uh, our budget for 2024 to also increase a very conservative 3% um, over our 23 projections. Um, property taxes also increased. Um, this was largely due, which was right, right around 40%, which was largely due to the um, increased assessed values within Eagle County. Um, as a result, this will be an increase of over two, 880, sorry, $878,000 over our 2023 budget. Um, kind of also kind of want to point out that one of, um, one of the other large increases to our 2024 budget is our investment earnings. Um, currently, we are earning over 5% um, with our investments with Kala Trust. And um, as of really through June, we are at $800,000 in investment earnings in the general fund. Um, as we go forward, um, Michael and the rec center staff have been looking at admission fees. Um, and then from their written report in the packet, they recommend option C, which will increase the daily rates for um, seniors, the standard rates for adults, and the residential rates for roughly about $2. Um, also, the uh, membership rates will increase between two to eight, depending on um, the type of membership that they have. Um, this was really 
kind of raising the admin fees is helping to reestablish the pricing and, and structure and maintaining uh, a really comfortable level of the cost recoveries. Um, as we go forward, some of the highlights within our town, our individual departments within the general fund. Um, the town is hiring special events coordinator, um, increase in employee recognition, um, training and recruitment. The rec center has con um, continues to see an increase in demand um, in admissions and programs. Um, police will be replacing the radio fleet and also accelerating their uh, um, gas vehicles to now be now um, to become hybrid in 2024. Um, and then also, which I kind of like, it's a little bit of cost savings for the future. Um, the purchase of a dump truck and the amount of hauling that we do, I think we can save some large money going forward with that. Um, looking at our personnel highlights, um, we are offering uh, a merit adjustment in January for those that qualify and that meet all the requirements. Um, also, we'll have a mid-year market adjustment. I've also I earlier mentioned the new special um, events coordinator. Um, the town is expecting to see a 15% increase in, in, in benefits. We are meeting with our representatives over the next week to try to dial in that rate so we can come back to you guys with a, an actual rate. Um, let's see, do, 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 do. and then we'll also monitor our compensations with our competitors within Eagle County. Um, looking at the uh, general fund, the general fund is a balanced budget. Our revenues and expenditures equal at $28 million. The fund does have a transfer to the CIP fund for the engineering um, personnel costs. Um, I also think it's really important that in 2024, we are proposing a budget policy change. This is reduce the, oper um, sorry, reduce the operating minimum reserve from 27 to 22%. Um, this, this would increase our undesignated reserves by approximately a million dollars. And the staff does feel with the 6.2 million in the minimum balance reserve plus the 3% of TABOR, um, we have the sufficient funds in case of an emergency. And knock on wood that that doesn't happen. Um, moving along into the capital projects fund, um, revenues are received from the 2% real estate transfer tax. We are proposing an increase in 2024. Um, as several of the new developments are coming online and will be closing in late 2023 and a majority in 2024. Um, the revenues of these projects, or really the developments, are proposed to be about $6.9 million um, to the town's capital improvement fund. Uh, some of the larger projects in 2024 include the rec center aquatics deck repair, which also comes along with a new children's fountain that sprays some pretty fantastic water in the air, and a kid's slide. Um, four additional DC fast chargers and a new irrigation system for Nottingham Park. Um, this slide kind of shows, and I just really wanted to point out that our um, potential expenses in the CIP are $6.7 million. Um, on this slide, you'll see that you can see our relatively, our fund balance in the capital reserve project fund is relatively healthy even though you do see those expenses dropping off in 2028, I'm sure there's gonna be some road repairs that'll fill that in. Um, as we go into the Urban Renewable Fund, um, the Urban Renewable Fund has seen, has seen a 51% increase in assessed values 
from 23 being paid in 24, which will generate approximately $944,000 in additional TIF revenue. Um, the URA debt service payments in 2024 will be $807,000 approximately. As you note on this slide, you will see that there's three payments and that is actually incorrect. It is two payments and we do not pay the series 2013 anymore. Um, there is a transfer out of the CIP for $1,750,000. These projects are, in, um, are to be designated for the uh, Notting, uh, Nottingham Park irrigation system and the rec center deck repair and upgrades. Um, the water fund, the revenues come generally from the tap fees and expenditures must be used on water related projects. We do have a transfer out of $500,000 into the uh, capital improvement fund for some drainage projects. Um, the community enhancement fund, revenues come from a 1% um, franchise agreement for on your electric bill with Holy Cross. Um, bill. This fund does have a, a $100,000 transfer out to the CIP and this is for the undergrounding projects of $100,000. Um, the community housing fund is is proposing an increase to the short-term rental tax. Um, this will basically, with our new properties coming online, um, we will see about an, an additional 3%. Um, some of the exciting projects for 2024 include the Eagle County Regional Housing um, Project, the State Land Board Housing Project, the Early Childhood Center Housing Project, and the Slopeside Housing Project. Um, the exterior energy offset fund is budgeted to really to remain flat and the same. Um, and the ending fund balance here is going to be in end of 2024 will be $181,282. Um, our paper bag fee, another small little fund we have, we're proposing that the revenues will decrease in 2024. We are just not seeing the income that we have just because mo majority of the businesses in town really don't need to sell any more paper bags as people are bringing their own into the store. Um, as we move into the mobility fund, a majority of the revenues here in the um, mobility fund come from grants, um, but I thought it was an interesting to kind of point out that the mobility fund does receive property taxes. Um, this is in regards to the, to the Avon General Improvement District that was um, approved in 2007 and this area really is kind of the area around the ascent um, and then finally as we go in um, we come to the debt service fund in 2004 uh, in 2024 we'll see three payments which will total nine hundred and sixty two thousand one hundred and twenty four dollars um, and then finally my final sl slide just kind of points out um, when uh, our final payments for each of our our, our uh, COPs is due, um, but I think it's important to note that between 2028 and 2032, we do see a very large decrease. Do I have any questions from Council in regards to the 2024 Town of Avon budget? Are we nearing the end of the COP? Why did it go down so dramatically there? They drop off, so okay. um, yeah, so our, I think our final COT, COP payment is in 2036. Great. Does anyone else have any questions before I open the public hearing? I would like to ask. 
um, Paul, the going back to the accommodations tax, you don't have to put the slide up um, if you don't want to, but um, in our memo, you had a blended rate of increase of 3%, and I thought that was particularly aggressive for the accommodations tax, given that we're down. Mm -hmm. But I think you said verbally that because we have a bigger tax base, more volume there coming online with Frontgate mm -hmm. and others, that the 3% you still consider that I still conservative consider it and conservative, okay. and I'm not considering off of the 2023 budget. I don't think we're going to hit our 2023 budget. I, my uh, my um, projections are going to be a little bit less than our 2023 budget, and so um, I, I do feel we're in great spot on our accommodation tax. Okay. Anybody else have any questions? Are there any mem? This is a public hearing. So before we go on to council discussion, which we will have, um, are there any of the members of the public that would like to make any comments with regard to our proposed budget? And if there's anyone on Zoom? I'm seeing none in person or on Zoom. Okay, seeing none. Um, who on council has any discussion they'd like to have? Go ahead. I know Rich had a rec center yeah, question. There's a bunch of rec center information at the back. I saw some recommendations. I'm not sure what we're supposed to be doing about that tonight, if anything. Oh, let Michael answer that. Because <laughs> I definitely have some opinions on that. Sure. No, Could we uh, pull up Paul's slide of are you the rec center slide? The rec center yeah. slide. That'd be great. If somebody could pull that up. Yeah, that. The, I just don't think I know what I'm looking at. Yeah, good evening, Madam Mayor and Town Council. Happy to field any questions uh, tonight. Uh, so we've typically uh, touched base with Council before we raise any admission rates. Uh, so this is why you're seeing all the analysis and the written reports. Um, so just to give you a general overview, I'll go through the recommendation for admission fees first, unless you want to just uh, ask any questions first. Um, no, I don't okay. have any questions right now on okay. the admission fees. Um, so, but I will. Yeah, tip it, sounds good. Typically, um, the department runs this analysis on an annual basis for admission and programs fees. So we use seven comparator communities that are listed in the report. Um, those are comparator facilities, rather. So Gypsum Rec Center, Glenwood Recreation Center, Silverthorne, Breckenridge, Old Town Hot Springs, which is in Steamboat, Grand Park Community Rec Center, which is Fraser Winter Park. Uh, and then also the Aspen Rec Center, all resort mountain communities. So you can see that's where we pulled all of our data from just to have a comparison. And what the report shows is that analysis of our rates to the average of all those communities. And it's broken out between daily rates, monthly rates, and then punch passes. So we have uh, what staff, after the analysis, um, for consideration here, staff are recommending that we um, increase uh, some daily rates as well as our membership rates that you're seeing on the slide here. So the adult daily standard rate, so those who uh, do not live in e Eagle County, they're just visiting, um, changing that, for, increasing it by $2 to $20. And then uh, for older adult rate or senior rate, 
uh, increasing that by $2, 14 to 16. And then um, a recommendation for the resident, Eagle County resident daily drop-in rate for the older adult, $8 to $10 there. And before moving on, is there any questions regard, regarding daily rates? So this is just gonna be, they pay one admission fee, it's good for the entire day. They can use it for steam room sauna, go take a break, come back, take a fitness class, um, use all parts of the recreation center. So the, whether you're an Avon resident or an Eagle County resident, the resident rate is the same Correct. regardless of jur jurisdiction. Correct, yeah, and that's for daily rates only. So daily rates, Eagle County resident and Avon resident rates are the same. Are the same, but for, for memberships, then there's a third tier for even more discounted for Avon residents. Yes, that's correct. Okay, and I'm just baffled as to why we would charge the older people. That, I have no problem charging older people that are visiting. Um, now that I'm an older person, I just wonder what the logic is of raising the older adults. Sure, so within the analysis, we've noticed that it's a, a common uh, theme among our comparators that the older adult rate, it tends to be slightly higher than the youth rate. So that's why where that recommendation came, came from. So we're higher than the youth rate, but still less than the not yet older rate. Correct. Yeah. So typic right now our rates are identical for youth and adults. So it's uh, $14 for youth and older adults for non-Eagle County residents and $8 for Eagle County residents. And as, and as I'm saying, the, the recommendations is, are strictly coming from uh, our peer facility analysis. Um, and again, just noticing that common theme. So all this is up for discussion and happy to field any comments, questions, or concerns okay. about these recommendations. How about our comparator communities of whether an older adult really is a 60 plus or is maybe 70 plus? Right. Or so, do you know what I mean? What's an older adult, right? Yeah, the I've noticed it between 59 and 65 fluctuate there. Um, I didn't gather that data specifically because it was a, about the same, but I, I'd be happy to track that down to make sure the ages match I, in our recommendations. I would be real interested in considering do we just keep the older adults at the same rate as the youth and put the older adults more in line, I mean, right now, because I am one, I, you know, I'm not a re eligible for full Social Security until I'm 67. And so are we maybe, because I'm just thinking of a little, you know, folks that are truly older and that are out of the workforce and all of that, um, I don't know, it's just one way to think about it. I think sure. 60 is young for that, my feeling. So I, I would rather keep Eagle County residents, retired, old, fixed income people, which is much older than 60 plus. It's more like qualifies for Social Security. Um, keep it at $8 and make that adult window longer from 18 in your income earning years you can pay the 12 but i think we should keep the older smaller that's my feeling a couple comments questions um and i looked through this and 
maybe I, it was in here, I missed it. Do we sure. have any feel for how many people within those age groups participate in a daily basis? Was that in the packet and I missed it? So we have it, uh, the data on attachment A. Um, right. And the first report regarding admissions. So what you're there, looking right at there, number sold. That's daily admissions. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's broken down for the first three quarters of the year, mm -hmm. showing the um, yep. the numbers sold. Yeah. For daily admission. That, I'll yep. take a peek at that a little bit awesome. closer. Yeah. And then the other question I have is, we're talking about increasing rates. Yet maybe I missed this too, because <laughs> I'm older. Um, <laughs> As of Saturday. Would, what's our cost recovery look like today? Does, what, is it, what would it look like under different scenarios that you've outlined, trying to predict, right, member, who all attends and things like that? Because the next thing you do is you talk about fine-tuning and refining how you do the cost recovery model. Yep. Okay, I, I'd be curious about that. And just in general, I'm really against raising the rates for, at all right now. I might be able to get to option B, because I just look at what's going on around us, right? And we're going to start charging for parking. Food costs are just through the roof. Eating out costs a lot of money. I mean, this is the one of the one things, something that someone can do that's really good for them, mm -hmm. right? And I think I understand the cost recovery, and that's important. But I also think we need to make sure this stays affordable and people can attend, and this isn't a barrier for people to come here. And, I just think it sends the wrong signal too. Does uh, if we raise the rates too much? And I think option C for me is too high of a rate, and it sends the wrong signal to the public. And yeah, thanks. That's my feedback right now. I'm going to think through it a little bit more. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Chico, go ahead. So. Um, I have a couple questions, I guess concerns more than anything. Um, in order to keep it equitable for the whole community to enjoy our services, um, has that been addressed? I didn't see it anywhere in there. And if we do, is it, is it, uh, uh, does it correlate with the school district's sort of free and reduced lunch program? Are families able to, would you like to answer that one first? Yeah. And then I have another for you. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So next year, one of our department goals is to create a formal scholarship program for the entire department. Currently, we um, utilize the free and or reduced lunch program window for um, our uh, some of our programs, so after school uh, youth programs and then also swim lessons. Um, and they were looking to extend that into family memberships. Uh, at the recreation center, whether it's a partial discount or a full discount. So no, the opportunity does not exist currently for admission rates, um, but opportunities are on the horizon for that. Um, okay, yeah. Michael, so that would be one of my concerns that I'd like to have that fast-tracked, and I'm not sure how everybody mm -hmm. else feels, but that should be a top priority for a town council to get on board with to make it sure that something is equal for everybody to enjoy in our community. Um, if you do a drive-by uh, of the basketball courts over towards the pickleball courts, soccer fields, you'll see that there are young people, young mm -hmm. families, wanting sport, wanting exercise, wanting swimming, and um, uh, it might be a bit above their pay grade to pay 140 bucks a month for a family. So I would like that. I'm not sure how others feel on the board, but um, that would be one of my concerns. 
Um, another one of my concerns, uh, much to Rich's concern, everything's going up. Um, if we charge them an extra 25% uh, or 20% a day, 10% a day, uh, what, are they, what bang are they getting for their buck? Um, and then the comparators, uh, you're, you're comparing um, apples to eggs. So if you're comparing Aspen to what we have, um, it's not the same deal, right? Or if you go to Steamboat or even to Summit County. Mm -hmm. um, I've been to all the rec centers. Ours doesn't have all those amenities. So to be able to actually compare it dollar for dollar, I don't really see that. Mm -hmm. If we're gonna invest money in it considerably, not just uh, annual CIP upkeep and uh, redoing decks and different things like that. I don't see where we come off where we need to raise our rates for everybody across the board. That's all I have to say. Sure. Yeah. Thanks uh, for the and comment. if you have a rebuttal for that, let I'd love to hear it. No, it's definitely a fair point. Every not all recreation centers are exactly the same. Um, they obviously are as close as to the type of community that we live in and have similar amenities, but not all the same. Yeah. I just want to say something. You were up there and you're getting kind of beat up. Maybe you're feeling that way. I don't know how you're feeling. Oh, it's all good. But you're, you're doing a great job, right? The rec center is amazing. It's one of the top places in the county to work out. Mm -hmm. It's just absolutely fantastic, right? We, I'm just, this, this is a little, this isn't the $21,000 half hour discussion on marketing, but you know, it's, it's, some, it's a little something. Absolutely. And, and to that point, we're sensitive that we know this is a reflection of the community wanted to bring. That's why we specifically um, frame this for council. Uh, the one thought I would offer first off is that we do have a couple more budget hearings, so you don't have to decide tonight, but we do feel like we want to have direction um, for that pricing. I uh, very much uh, agree with the sensitivity with costs going up um, for our residents. For visitors, um, what I would suggest is uh, it is a good workout place. If you went to a private workout place, you'd easily spend $20, $25, So I think for the non-Eagle County resident rate, I would suggest maybe viewing that more of what market rates would be for a, a workout facility um, that people uh, would be used to. Um, we have not raised rates for three years. It's, it's correct. So it's, you know, we, we have been appreciating the importance of keeping it affordable uh, the last several years. And that was really the genesis of, you know, we've held off on raising rates for a number of years. But um, th that maybe that's an option D, is, uh, is to only raise the rates on the non-Eagle County residents if you wanted to be uh, affordable, cost-sensitive cost to our community. Yeah, and, and definitely appreciate and would love to hear everyone's feedback. I mean, they're, all the options that you see at the end, I mean, they're up for discussion, and that's why we're here at this point. We're um, looking to, to have a, a conversation, make sure we're all comfortable with that, and talk about it from a higher level, which uh, how it correlates to department cost recovery and how important that is to this council as well. Ruthie, did you have something? Well, I think... Eric answered my question. When was the last time we raised rates? And it was a long, long time ago. <clears throat> um, was it pre-COVID? Correct. Uh, yeah, thank we you. Decided to raise them going into year 2020. Okay. Um, and I'm just curious regarding the seniors, because Amy's really old. How many <laughs> senior classes? 
how many senior classes do we have compared to regular classes? I so, kind of have it pulled up, but. Sure, yeah, all classes can be adjusted um, to set different ability levels, but I believe we have, um, I think, two or three uh, advertised and designated as senior level classes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I have to agree with Rich on timing. Mm -hmm. Timing's really rough right now. So I got what one comment on the other side in, in favor of raising the rates is that if our rates are considerably lower than our peer communities, we could get overrun and too busy and not be able to staff it and have it overcrowded and not have it accessible. So you have to find that happy medium. Yeah, I appreciate that comment. So we definitely are seeing increased visitation even with us raising the rates. We're likely gonna remain one of the most affordable in the Valley. So I'm not sure it'll actually make a difference to, it will still be overrun, but making a few more bucks to offset our increased expenditures for the department. But at least they'll be able to park. There we go. We struggle with this when we're setting rent rates at mm. Eagle Bend Apartments, Buffalo yeah. Ridge, Kayak Crossing, and it's a real struggle to cost recover enough, mm -hmm. but still make it affordable, you know, and not, um, but you also have to, you can't undersell your services, you know, for that, for that reason and other reasons. I mean, this is a quality establishment. It should charge a price. I'm, I would say in general, not in favor of raising the Eagle County or Avon rates at all. Um, I would ask you to look at that, adjusting that senior age to capture more of the off the street vacation, um, uh, you know, entertainment, they're, they're looking at it more of a, as an entertainment day pass alternative than um, a workout, an affordable workout for a healthy lifestyle long term, I think. So mm -hmm. they kind of pay, maybe we get a little bit more, a bigger bump for that cost recovery and keep Eagle County and Avon very affordable. And I'm, I'm inclined on the monthly passes too to not raise those this year for Avon, Avon residents. Um, I also appreciate Chico's comment about the um, swimming lesson scholarships and after school program scholarships and that sort of thing. So I'm glad, I didn't see that on your, or didn't identify that on your uh, departmental goals, but I definitely um, encourage you to pursue that heavily because that's certainly important. Thank you, Tamara. Chico? I, I just have one last thing, and I kind of forgot what it was because I was listening to Tamara. Um, I was just going to say I 100% echo what Tamara was saying. So, so. I, I agree, I agree that we're not, we, you know, there has to be a happy medium, what you were saying. So, so it sounds like there's a desire from the council to look at raising the general rates but keeping the Eagle County slash Avon resident rates where they are and see what that will look like and how does that affect our overall budget. Um, does anyone disagree with that? May, may I make one last comment? Sure. So, so Michael, you're doing a, a crazy great job over there and, and I don't 
I, I'm not sure if I should even be making this comment, but I don't want the struggle always to be that you're offsetting your costs because that's not totally what you're there for. So like, I, I don't want that, that to be the challenge or the exercise that we're presenting to you. Um, clearly it can't be a total loser, right? But um, it's something that I don't think we'll ever make money doing, right? It's not, I mean, will we? Someday? So, no, I think you're, you're right, Chico. And I, and I think Michael's done a great job of trying to parse out that there's certain areas and activities that make sense to have a higher goal for cost recovery and other areas where we know that we're, we're serving parts of the community where it's more important to keep it affordable and we're not going to get 100% cost recovery. So we're trying to be more um, sophisticated about recognizing those different areas and how we develop policies. I don't know that we have to decide a policy right now tonight. It's more of an ongoing effort and an evolution. Uh, I think we all know it it's really serves a, a big part of the community and as part of a, a significant part of what Avon offers and is working really well. Um, so, when, and we're, we're at the budget point where we have to make some, you know, present some adjustments to those rates. And, and I remembered my idea. If there's some type of um, way that, like how, how the day runs, like if there's a part in there, you could make a workout happy hour ticket, <laughs> like from two to five or whatever, where there's, it's virtually empty. Is there any time in the day that it's like that to inspire people to come and work out during those time periods? Sure, no, that's helpful. Yeah, and, and definitely with, uh, just to speak to the cost recovery, I mean, as mentioned in a, a previous presentation and also in the report, um, looking at the national average where uh, the department's really landing. Um, so with our uh, this year's projected budget, we may end up higher depending on how the year ends, um, but we're looking around 54 to 50, uh, to 60% right now. And next year is even, is even more different just because we have increased expenses. This is our first full year or so now with two full-time staff members expense added to the budget. So this is really, I think, my opportunity to uh, speak with council to ensure you're all comfortable with um, this is what staff has found best practice within industries. Uh, and then just talking about it and having a general level of awareness is what's really beneficial and, and it's more of a philosophical approach within um, the department and being okay with X number of, of range and of cost recovery. So we decided that, um, you know, in, in the report, sorry to, if I'm regurgitating this, but uh, between 50 and 65% is really where we wanna try to land as a department, total expenses, total revenues, just as a general goal in mind. And then also a, a program-based cost recovery, as Eric was mentioning. So between 50% cost recovery to 160% cost recovery. And the 50% is down where it's gonna focus on benefiting the community. And then the 160% focuses on benefiting individuals, essentially. So not as valuable of services for um, the broader community, if that's helpful for to speak to it. But okay. happy to answer any other questions or comments, but I'll be, I, uh, I can return with uh, a written report with some of the adjustments here. I'll do some research regarding the age um, and then happy to remove any of the comparator facilities uh, if that would appease the council as well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I think it's good to see the broad scope of comparators and I think we all know that 
facility to facility is always going to be a little different. Does anyone else on council have any questions for Michael? Do we have questions for other departments? Tamara? I just had a comment, Paul, on your slide for our next hearing. Um, the thank slide, you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. The personnel slide, mm -hmm. um, the mid-year market adjustment. Yes. Could you clarify that that's a salary range adjustment and not, um, and, and therefore personnel would receive a bump if their salary range moves? But there's not, it's not a raise twice a year, right? Correct. The, the first one is the annual merit pool, and that's based on performance evaluations. Which is basically yeah. a raise if yeah, you've and, merited. And the second one is the um, competitive salary review where we look at salary ranges for our peer communities. And uh, we look at the ones around us. We've been looking a little more closely at the ones that might be eyeing our employees. Uh, and, and then we make adjustments, and then that ends up being an automatic adjustment for if the salary range adjusts, uh, adjusts, then the employee's salary automatically adjusts to stay in the same percentile in that range. And you do that market survey t every two years? Every two years. Okay. It's a lot of work, and so we just yeah. we decided I totally agree, but I think it should be descriptive that if we could, Paul, if we could call it biennial, mid-year, Salary range market adjustment. We, in our employee policies, we put, call it the competitive salary range adjustment. Okay, that would be great. Then it doesn't look like two raises in one year. But it is. Well, only if your salary range needs to be adjusted because you might get cannibalized by a certain municipality that can pay more. Um, and... Um, of course, totally in favor of the Community Housing Fund. And in the memo um, you highlighted, and then tonight um, in your presentation, some of the things that are going into the, coming out of the Community Housing Fund. And Slopeside Housing Project there with a $200,000 um, budget allocation is still in there. And I, I have to say that the Slopeside Project of all of our housing projects is my least favorite. Um, and so I'm in favor of keeping a placeholder for, of $200,000 for design of some housing project, not necessarily slope side. Um, I think you said that you were going to kind of go back to the drawing board and look at a few other of those like sleeper. So we're, we're going to, we just met earlier this week. The intent is for the December 12th meeting, we're going to come with a map of all the ideas and show you where they are in okay. ownership and water and zoning and entitlements and That's infrastructure. Great. And so for that line item, could we call it Avon-owned parcel community housing projects and have a placeholder for 200000 instead of Slopeside? Sure. Okay. Yeah. And all of that, regardless of what's in there, all of that is um, going to come back to council and they're, they're really more generic placeholders. All those projects are have a ways to go. And but. is that also how I should look at the um, micro transit pilot line item that was, was we haven't really discussed, you and I have discussed, but the council hasn't discussed. Is that something that, Correct. it's that's a placeholder? It's another example, just because you approved the budget doesn't mean it's automatically happening. 
uh, we're applying for grants. We'll let you know that process, what that looks like, what that whole program might look like. And so that, that would be, there would be more detail that would come back to council before that would be spent or committed. Thank you. Um, does anyone else have any questions? I have another comment. Go ahead. I just, I wanted to comment and I don't know if it's because I'm so deep into this with all of you that, but I think that this budget, this budget process for me is working very well with the high level introductions and now here we are at our first budget hearing where we've seen it all, this is our third or fourth time. You know, I, I think it's really good and it's very useful and it's, if we don't have a glazed over presentation, not that that's what it was before, but I am looking at a budget where I'm completely glazed over and have no idea what I'm looking at. Um, but this seems to be working very well. I don't know, how about for our newbies on council? You think so too, Ruth? Great. Especially, especially being a newcomer, it's been, it's nicely spelled out for me. So that's a huge compliment, that's great. I intend to not be glazed by December 12th. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you from the newcomers table. Um, no, uh, thank you very much. Now we are not doing a resolution or anything. This is just a hearing. Just a hearing. And we will see this again next month. Exactly. Awesome. So with that. Thank you. Thank you very much. G good work. Um, with that, we are on to resolution 5.6-23-20, approving the addition of Chapter 4D, Resale Lottery of the Avon Community Ho Housing Policy Policies Document. Oh, look. Well said. Good. It's the housing team. Thank you. No, I have a team. You have a team. <laughs> um, good evening. Thanks for sticking around. Um, not going till midnight tonight, which I thought it was going to be. This is for the, uh, indeed, just to fill in that one little gap from the housing policies that we saw on November, or sorry, September the 12th. We did take a more thorough look uh, based on concerns from, from council and internally with staff uh, at our lottery process. We feel that it is necessary to move into some sort of process with our deed restrictions, especially with new housing projects coming online and just looking at some of the older ones and what's transpired in the past and making things more transparent, which was a goal of town council. And also just simplistic, which is also a goal of town council. And I think we landed on something that is very reasonable. Obviously I included a comparative analysis of what other people are doing in our, in our like communities. And ours is definitely um, straight and to the point. Uh, I think it captures the concerns that we have in moving forward with process, with fairness. And also, um, it's just far less complicated. Um, some of them are, you know, it takes a degree to, to go through them and understand them. This is, this is something that we have. Um, you can see I did a little, little illustration also to, go, to kind of capture in an infographic what our goals are. And our goals are to go from a, a lot of people down to um, a reasonable amount of people that are vying for a unit. We know that um, new projects are going to take some time to get online and we have a, a huge need for housing. So we foresee that lotteries are just, gonna, they're just a part of life moving forward. And with that... Um, We'll just start with questions um, because we've gone through this before and also because, like I said, it's, it is pretty straightforward to, to take a look at. Um, if that's where you'd like to start, um, that works for me. 
Go ahead. So we have, um, if you look on the, on the exhibit A is what I'm referring to in particular, there is a little diagram at the bottom um, right there on the screen, that nice colorful little conical object. Um, Patty and I went through this once again. We, we've gone through it several times. This is our third or fourth iteration of what we're trying to accomplish. Um, and we feel that, again, this is very simplistic. It's, it's to the point. The beautiful point about the policies in general, I cannot reiterate how wonderful it is, is that we can change things. Uh, Vail is on their fourth, taking a look at their lottery process um, and their administration. We have the luxury of introducing uh, both the lottery system and the administration that goes with it all at the same time. But because of the, the living document that are our housing policies, we can always finesse, we can always come back, we can see what's working, we can see what's not working, and we can um, keep this in the benefit of both staff and to the public when we're processing new applications. And that's what I have uh, for our little lottery resale process part D. Okay, thank you for that. I, I will say the cone diagram was quite lovely. I think it, I think it really, at least it helped me um, see what the process uh, would look like in reality. You know, 40 people think they can throw their hat in the ring. You get down to the qualifications, you get down to seven applicants and four chances, which feels really manageable. Um, I wish we were in the place that Vail is right now where they've got three lottery properties that are up for bid right now with, I can only, do you guys know how many applicants they have? Over a hundred applicant, yeah, yeah um, which we don't have that amount of housing stock, and our housing stock isn't turning over, which is a different discussion. Um, council members, who's got questions with regard to this? RJ, is, is the five years or more in the workforce continuous or just total? Like if I worked here for five years in the last twenty, every five you get a bonus. Uh, we felt that. Right, but does that be in a row, or can it just be? Cumulative, yeah, cumulative. So if you took a break and you went to school, you came back, or something of that nature, we we all consider that valuable. Um, I look at longevity also with community contribution. You're giving back. You're working here. You're buying things here. You're doing those things, and it should be rewarded. And if it's not consecutive, that's real tough. But cumulatively makes more sense because we do have those. We like to travel, we like to try other things out, and we shouldn't be punishing people for doing that. Jenna, may I, may I ask, would that include kids that grew up here? Because that's a challenge that we're having too, is that would include those mm -hmm. years as well? Yeah, it's a little right. tougher. Um, we're really going for, for workforce. Um, so when you're in school, it's, it's a tricky one to, to add up, but we, it is part of that consideration. Okay. I need a little training on something. Sure. I'm on the Avon Community Housing Policies on page 14 and 15, the end of page 14, the top of page 15, it's E1. That last sentence, if you've, are you with me, Jenna, or tell me when you're there. It's page um, 460 of the original packet. Unfortunately, I do not have the packet pages. I just have my stuff. You have the um, Avon Community Housing yeah, Policies? Yeah, but there are some, Page yes. 14, E1. 14, sorry. Yep. 
page 14. Section oh, in the eight. in the template. It's open on the screen. Yeah. There we are. Okay. So, sure. I'm just trying to run this through my head, make sure I understand it, and if I do understand it correctly, I'm going to be flummoxed by a solution. But let's make sure. Step one first. That very last sentence that Michael ha McGuell has up it says alternately. The company or, or organization headquarters are, go ahead, McGuell, do you want to scroll, scroll, scroll down to the next page, please? Yep. Located in town A, but work is completed at changing locations throughout the county, e.g. construction landscaping. In this example, the location of the headquarters in town A would be used. Yes, I can. So. I can try to answer that for you. So let me, can I give you an example if I make sure I understand this? Mm -hmm. Let's say that. I work in construction and my boss is, it's a small construction company. My boss's headquarters is in Eagle or Edwards. So your headquarters would be in Eagle because your location, your job site might change over time. Right. It does change over time. Correct. So we would take into consideration the headquarters of that organization. Alternatively, when we look at say the school district, the school district headquarters are down in Eagle. But the place of employment that that employee reports to could be Sandstone Elementary School, yeah. and that's where they report to every day, or to Avon Elementary, and that's where the employee reports to every day. So those are the two differences, and we like to be able to kind of define that. Does that kind of make a little bit of sense there? So you're not going to get any kind of credit, even though you might be renting an Avon, you've been here for a long time, you're not going to get credit for being an Avon resident under this scenario? Is that what that's saying? Under the workforce definition, so your place of employment would be the headquarters or the construction um, company down in Eagle, using your example in that case. So you're not going to get credit for being an Avon resident in that case? Not in that case. But because I could run for Avon Town Council if I've been renting for more than a, two years, right? So I think we're confusing two different concepts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, That's why exactly. my brain was just twisted around. So <laughs> okay. just slap me around and help me out here. So when we talk about residency, we're talking about the place that you live. When uh -huh. we talk about your work history, mm -hmm. we're talking about mm -hmm. the place of employment. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if you've been renting and you can show us proof that you've been living in a home in the boundary of the town of Avon, we can look at your residency history in the town of Avon. Now, if we're looking at your employment history and whether that okay. falls in the town of Avon to give you these bonus entries into the lottery um, or I'm sorry and we're not even looking at it specifically in the town of Avon it's Eagle County okay it's all of Eagle okay. County um, okay. and part of the reason we looked at that was your place of employment and your selection of residency don't necessarily um, mean anything because you get a job or you can get a job around here and you find any place that will allow you to rent or own because we don't have a ton of choice okay. in our housing at this point so i think going back to what that definition is when we talk about the definition of residency as it pertains to eligible household we're looking at your physical place that you live when we look at the place of employment that's where we can kind of split that sentence in two okay. and say if you're in construction we look at the headquarters but if you're looking at a larger headquarters with multiple locations where you every day report to the same place we're going to look at that location. But again, as long as it all falls within Eagle County, we decided we wanted to just go with okay. Eagle County. If that helps me out. My brain was a little going in a little funky direction there. So thanks. Yep. Totally get it. Okay. Thank you for that. Does anyone else have any questions? 
I do. Um, it's a little bit off topic, but it's, I'm kind of, my whole feeling about this is kind of evolving and I'm not sure where we're going to end up, but I think the, it's more, it's, I'll, I'll form it in the question and not a, a comment, but have you looked at the implications of, of whether this, not implications, but whether this whole concept of lottery, and I understand this is how it's done, right? Um, whether that discriminates against people who do not have heirs, so cannot um, pass, will not pass on their um, townhome, price capped townhome with deed restriction in Avon on to their child and have to subject it, which is, you know, family wealth and, um, you know, etc. And they have to pass it to a, um, somebody they don't know per the lottery system and not to their nephew um, who would qualify, et cetera. So that doesn't seem fair to me. So have you, have you looked at that? How do you grapple with not allowing somebody who owns one of these units make their own decision as to like their estate plan? Um, that's when it, it seems most apparent to me that if you know if there's a person who doesn't have a child, they don't have somebody to leave their deed restricted unit to, um, then they have to get subjected to this, and um, and then they've uh, it just it's, it doesn't seem fair to me. Actually, so. their heirs would be the ones subjected. Yeah, that that, that you can't do estate planning with a deed restricted unit if we have a lottery system Correct. right so you we take it out for for everybody okay so and i think this is a question for all of you is is what options do you want to provide but i think historically this has always been looked at as workforce housing not something that gets preserved in the event that someone is 16, 17, 18, and is not yet in the workforce because they may take possession of the home in the event something happens to the original owners. Um, and so I think as this was originally intended throughout when, you know, if you look at different programs, whether it's here in the county, um, whether it's Summit, Pitkin, generally you'll see similar language with deed restrictions that it's preserved for the workforce and so the only way to give a fair shot to the workforce is to provide it out as a lottery each and every time when somebody passes and they owed a deed restriction it, it goes into the lottery it does not get conveyed to it to so their heirs if you look at chapter six there is a section where you have trust ownership um, that's where it gets a little tricky because in order to meet the definition of something that could take on a trust now with workforce housing, it has to be owned in a natural person's name. It cannot be in an LLC or a trust because then you're not, 
you're violating the deed restriction already. But once you start getting into trust ownership and if someone were to pass away, that person who then takes on the home, who was the heir to the home originally, they have to be able to meet the definition of the deed restriction as an eligible household. And if they're under the age of 18, they can't sign a real estate contract and they're not eligible to work 30 hours a week or more on average year round. Um, and then, it, then you would look at, well, do they have a guardian? Well, if the guardian is gonna move into the home, that guardian is gonna have to meet the definition of an eligible household. And so I think there's a lot of these processes that have been kind of worked through in other jurisdictions and in here, and we kind of say, well, what have other places decided to do? And consistently kind of across the board, we, the definition of eligible household has to be met at some point in order for it to but for deed restrictions. That, and that makes sense to me. And I forgot about Chapter 6 about the trust ownership. So we do accommodate it in that way. Of course, there's the expense of getting a trust set up. It's and rare. It's rare. All of that. Out. But I guess my, my question is, so this is relevant n now um, because I think we're developing the policies of which we are hoping that some of our neighbors in the wild would um, the Wildwood community might upgrade their deed restrictions to be this new form of deed restriction that has all these modern concepts in it. And so, and I understand you have a meeting with, uh, the staff is meeting with um, Wildwood community on November 6th. Um, and I wondered if I was hoping we could continue this until after you speak to them, particularly about this, because I remember it was Maria brought up this um, concept that I had never thought of before. So with an explanation of this trust concept, see if you could float it with them and see what they think, and that would give me a lot of comfort to know that we're not forcing something that is just not right. And then uh, Carl and I spoke about this y yesterday. He is going to look at some of the equal protection mm -hmm. um, arguments under the U.S. Constitution. Yeah. No, I, I do think it warrants, as we got into it yesterday, having a conversation about it. And I, I wasn't part of the, you know, the background forming the policy. So, I mean, I guess from my standpoint, I'd feel better if I could get you guys a little bit of background and information um, around that uh, policy before you make a final decision on it. So, so maybe this chapter six, I'm sorry to interrupt, but this no. chapter six um, with the trust, maybe that is enough of a right. thing that it'll comfort you as well. So I, I, that is my ask for tonight. Yeah, and I think one more comment on that is these documents are intended to be the secondary document behind the deed restriction for more than just Wildwood. It's going to be projects in the future. If we do any change to other existing deed restrictions, this will be the secondary document. Um, and so this really is supposed to be kind of a universal document across everywhere. And so we're trying to think of it in terms of as a universal document, who is it affecting and, and not trying to back into right. 17 homeowners and what their particular situation is up there and and we want we are absolutely taking them into consideration with everything that we're thinking about well, not sure. a, yeah. we're listening not only that uh, the, we actually brought that up to the attention of the world versus them approaching us 
So we are very cognizant of, of these. And we've talked to several, uh, a couple different people about this trust. And, and this is why it was important that this got carried over from what we were researching and what we were, our partners are doing in our neighboring jurisdictions. So it's, it's very purposeful. And the, this Chapter 6 was approved um, on the September 12th as part of that policy document. So that hasn't changed at all um, with that resolution. But um, in which case, yeah, if there's something more we can add, this is, this is why we love this living document. We, we can finesse it and what have you. And no one's approached us to, to do a scenario. No one's really given us any detail. No one's sat down with us and had a meeting. I have had one conversation with a wildwood owner, and I did talk right. to her about how she'd be able to work with right. the document. That, to make something that for like that particular document. owner, Chapter 6 would suffice what that particular person needed. And it's always going to be case by case. I think Tamara brought up an excellent scenario. What if it's, what if they don't have any kids? What if this? And obviously that's probably more on the minority side when you're talking about trust that they're going to you know, bequeath it to some cousin or nephew they have. And that's why the case by case basis is very relevant because one size just simply does not fit all. And to be able to put something in, I mean, just when you think you get it right or when it's safe to go back in the water, something comes up and you're like, dang it. Um, and we have to change it. So. Well, I suppose it could be, I'm no expert on estate planning, but um, it could be, a, I guess, a single purpose trust that they put the deed restricted townhouse in the trust and the nephew or is the beneficiary, but not to all the other assets, you know, bank accounts and Right, and then IRAs and stuff like that. And then in that particular case, mm -hmm. that would not go to lottery as long as the beneficiary or the beneficiary and their guardian who's going to be living there with them meet the definition. Now, do they have to be in the AMI levels we're talking about? No, they just have to meet the de definition of employee so that even though it's trading to the next generation, it's trading in a fashion that the next person is also an employee, which means it's not migrating out, Correct. which, I mean... And, and the other reality is what we're coming across when we study the generational differences between, you know, the, just the way that the culture is changing, is that there are some younger people that may not want to stay here. They may not want to inherit this unit. They may want to deal with it. They might want to go somewhere else. And this, and that's a, that's a reality too. So how do we, we have to be very careful. We don't set up a trust and then it falls apart because it doesn't want to be received in that fashion. So then we have to go back to lottery. But so we're, we're thinking, we're thinking like all different types of scenarios. But the owner of the property, it would be their burden to set up the tr trust. Mm -hmm. Um, and in the event that they set up a trust and the next generation didn't qualify, then automatically it would end up going to lottery, going to sale, mm -hmm. and the sale of the, the proceeds of that sale would go to um, to the 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 original owners, mm -hmm. heirs in whatever fashion they were protected. Yeah. And this is one where, you know, this is such a sensitive topic because you're talking about illness and death. And I think what we like to impress upon people is uh, we're not mean. We're going to work with you through this process that um, if there's something awful that has happened, 
we can take our time and make sure that the, the resale process works at a pace that they can do. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, okay, does anyone else on council have any questions? So I guess my request would remain, even though we have the chapter six, but if we could continue this until after your meeting in Wildwood, but then also after Carl's research into the equal protection, um, maybe we just need to tweak chapter six in some way, but. Do you, uh, it, Mr. Town Attorney, are you comfortable or do you think we need to uh, review Chapter 6 with maybe a little closer ma magnifying glass before we pass this? Um, I, I think it would be good for you guys to have, I mean, I, I just, like I said, I wasn't involved in the drafting. Um, so, I mean, I think you could pass it tonight subject to needing to bring it back to tweak it if we run into something that is in there that is a problem and that might at least get it off your agenda so you don't have to keep looking at it. I'm, I'm comfortable with that, recognizing that that, you know, you may see it in a, you know, two weeks or a month. Um, if we feel like there's something that we need to address, I think the other issue, probably the larger one is to um, Tamara's comments about, you know, is, is, is what we're, you know, as drafted, does it start to address some of the concerns that were raised? And are those concerns that you guys want to address up in Wildwood? I thought we were all were approving tonight in resolution 23-20, is that the right number? That is correct. Is section four. Correct. correct. So if we w needed to tweak section Six. six, we still would need to come back and go through the process of tweaking. We Isn't could. that right? That is, that's absolutely correct, and I was so gonna suggest And that I think the administrator can actually tweak the housing guidelines. Mm -hmm. um, or they're not called guidelines anymore. Policies. What? Policies without us, but. Yeah. yeah. No, I was just, I mm -hmm. didn't with, sure. when Patty pointed out that we have chapter six to accommodate my mm -hmm. um, feeling about discrimination, then, I don't know, I'm going to think on that, but I, you know, I can, li I can live with um, passing in them and then tweaking it later. Because, Jen, so. I think it's another meaning you thought quarterly we'd be taking a look at this, yes. something like I'm that hoping. might be more aggressive, too aggressive, but mm -hmm. it'd be nice to stay informed about how's it working. You guys mm -hmm. see issues that need to be resolved. I, I mean, I think it's great. You guys have put a lot of work into this. It seems really, really good to me on paper. And I'd love to know how it works in the real world. Obviously, you guys have a lot of experience doing that, Patty, you do. So I'm lo looking forward to it, especially the updates, right? Be, we're smart enough to know that we need to change. So thank, thank you for that. Does anyone have any other questions? Do we have any member of the public, either live, in person, or on Zoom? that is interested in weighing in on this issue? I'm seeing no one in person or on Zoom. Seeing no one, are there any members of the council that would like to make a motion? Well, I can't remember, I moved to approve resolution 23-20, is that the right one? That is correct. Yeah. Do I need to say anything other than that? Because I don't have no. a motion in front of me. Second. We've got a motion and a second, all in favor? Uh, Aye. Any opposed? That passes unanimously, and we'll just keep plugging on. That's right. No, it is, it is very exciting. Um, great idea from our town manager about meeting with Wildwood separately before we get there so we can kind of slice things out and make sure that, you know, we're, we are tackling things appropriately and so forth, and what we're, we're thinking of in protection of our deeds. So 
Thank and you. when somebody says, what about my heirs, chapter six. Chapter six. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much. Thank that is so one lovely. tick ticked off for today. Our next item is item 6.1, which is our minutes. Did anyone have any further comments on the minutes? I move to approve the Avon regular meeting minute. So I would like to make, I'm sorry, Miguel, <laughs> Eagle Bend is still two words in the third line down. So if we, I know, I is circled it, it. I thought I had checked <laughs> to make sure everything was it's just okay. one word. So just if you can make the motion, making Subject Eagle Bend all one, all one word. Yeah, I move to approve the Avon regular meeting minutes of Tuesday, October 10th, 2023 with the change making Eagle Bend one word. Second. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? That passes unanimously. No, we have an abstention. Oh, we have an abstention? Right. Where's you out? Count. The 10? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. And uh, one abstention. Sorry about that. Thank you for catching that. And uh, so that passes with a vote of six of those present. Our next item is item eight. Mayor and Council Committees and Meeting Updates. I have a great one. You ready? Ready. Maybe somebody already said it before I got here, but uh, sing the Singletree Board approved the emergency egress out of Wildridge tonight. Unanimous. Very nice. Very, nice. Very quick metro, sorry. Yeah. yeah, please. Yeah, let us, let us hear it. That's absolutely awesome. Chico. Thank you, Chico. Emergency egress out of Wild It was Ridge. exciting, and it was the highlight of my day. Uh, Matt and I went over to the Berry Creek uh, Metro Board today, and we did one more presentation. We had some questions and so forth, but they uh, voted to approve our agreement with a couple tweaks to the agreement itself, which we will modify and get them, have them to sign, which means we can start looking at grants, we can start looking at our budgeting, we can get our, our construction plans and get our RFPs out for um, contractors and so forth so we can get this most valued access to the June Creek drainage um, in process and updated so that we can provide for a safer community. So it's a big accomplishment. They've been working on this for years. So Yes, 20 job. that I know of. Yep. Th thank you for that, Jenna. Chico, Absolutely. did you have any more? Oh, no, sorry. That's all I got. Okay. Yeah. Lindsay? I'll go later if necessary. RJ? Thanks for your hard work, you guys. Um, last Friday, Upper Eagle Regional Water Authority and Eagle River Water and Sanitation District had a joint meeting and heard from our full-time Colorado commissioner to the Big River, which was, of course, the Colorado River. Um, Governor Paulus appointed Becky Mitchell um, last year. She was the executive director of um, Colorado Water Conservation Board, um, I think, for quite a while. And then she was part-time river commissioner to the Big River, which, of course, is a massive issue in the United States, Western United States, Colorado, Upper Basin, Upper Upper Basin, like we are. Um, anyway, I was completely blown away by this woman. I, she is brilliant and empathetic and just the kind of leader that I think any of us would want um, 
representing us in this very important, complicated world. So I left there feeling like we are in better hands than I have in a long, long time. I was even emotional about it. It was, I was so inspired um, that that leader is who is, you know, handling this issue for us. And of course, we're doing our part. We need to continue doing our part, whether it's turf replacement or it's, you know, repairing um, Nottingham Park uh, irrigation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and uh, Water Authority and Water and Sand are doing their part, ch you know, changing rates. We'll hear from um, Water and Sand who will come give us a pre presentation about 2024 rates. And they have a cool, very cool tool on the website where you can look at your water bill and calculate how you can pay about, you know, the same or less next year, what you can do with your water consumption. Um, etc. Particularly as it goes to watering any of your outdoor irrigation, which is what, of course, is the big suck on our our water supply. So anyway, um, we are doing our part. She recognizes that, but she's got the big picture in her mind. If you ever have an opportunity to hear Becky Mitchell um, speak about Colorado River and just public policy, I say go do it because it was amazing. Um, so, as I think. Many people in the room know last week um, Avon co-hosted Mountain Town 2030 conference, which was held in Vail. Um, Ruth, Lindsay, myself, and several staff members um, attended the conference. It was really good. The thing I took away from it that I think we need to start thinking about is that um, when we buy down homes or in, are involved in Mikasa, we need to make sure that these homes are also doing an energy audit. I also think we might want to start looking at some sort of um, some sort of program where you can uh, that the town would have energy or would have monies available for specific things that you, that might make sense for uh, making your home more more efficient um, and a much lower gas house green greenhouse gases um, but really the thing that I realized we as a town haven't talked about is environmental equity and the fact that you know that some of the folks that actually are being cost burdened the most as we're trying to reduce our energy consumption are often our people that um, need the most help. So that was what I took away from that. And anyone else have any words of wisdom? I mean, I can add on to the mountain. Okay, please do. Absolutely incredible event. Um, great to be there with our fellow peers, other council members, um, commissioners, professionals. We all get to sit in a variety of rooms and um, um, discuss different topics, and then we get to come back amongst our other fellow council members and discuss even further how certain things can be implemented within our communities. And um, just some of my takeaways. First off, the amount of times I heard and I never really thought of was in mountain towns, you either have three jobs or three homes. Um, and uh, I think a lot of people in my demographic are the three jobs. Um, group and um, other takeaways were um, emphasizing hope that there is hope within the sustainability um, movement um, that we can have heroic ambitions and effective solutions um, 
I still am gung-ho about sustainable packaging. I still would like to see us move towards um, recyclable aluminum cans instead of one-use single plastic water bottles being sold in a variety of either gas stations. I, I think that their endless recyclable use is potentially effective. I also really love um, the, the cans that get marketed, potentially marketed. Instead of plastic cups, you get this aluminum can. I always take them home. Other cities have found it really effective in inadvertent marketing. Um, so hopefully that will happen maybe in our near future, maybe on the next cycle. Um, I also I found it incredibly interesting that Pitkin County is um, limiting on outside the outside BTUs and putting a ban on uh, snow melt unless 100% renewable. I found that absolutely fascinating. I would love to see our county move in that direction because outside energy use on snow melt is what a dang waste. Um, of energy and that's just really against our climate goals. Um, so with that said, there, there were a lot of points. I mean, I have like five pages worth of notes and notes on my phone. Um, and I think it's just an incredible group of people who come from all over the country. We uh, heard the president, Jenna Johnson from Patagonia speak. Um, we, uh, Governor, is it Jim Inslee came and spoke? Jay. Jay Inslee spoke, and uh, it's the governor of the uh, state of Washington and about the incredible efforts they've made, which was really inspiring. Um, and then um, it just was a great weekend, and it's great to come back and be able to have these discussions because Avon really is at the forefront of trying to do great things. And I think, uh, in fact, at the very end of the meeting, some people quoted the town of Avon um, from one of the seminars that were had. Um, and so people were getting great information from Avon and our, our Derek and um, Charlotte and Eric as they were presenters. So um, much appreciated from Amy and again, Eric and Derek and Charlotte for their presentations and involvement. Um, Cause I think it's really incredible that we have a voice within that community of people and that people not only are we looking up to them, they're looking up to us and that we're all working in unison to accomplish an incredible goal. And that goal is to hopefully save our earth and stop wasting and polluting. And uh, it was hopeful. I'll end with that. Thank you for that. Okay. Seeing no other green lights on, we are adjourned.